from downtown, this is Tim Kitsar from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, John has an extensive review of Hitman 3. Also, we're going to talk about Solus 128, Cyber Shadow, and Balan Wonderworld. Let they who are without swag cast the first blade. Patience is a virtue. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 255, your place to hear people like you talk about games a lot and their experience Isn't with that games. is a Pac-Man game, Pac-Man 255? 255. 256. Oh, we're almost yeah. there. Oh, wow. Okay. That was that one, that's the one where you like die, right? Where you're in the death I think you, that thing. Was, you talked about it on the first time you were on the show, John. Yeah, yeah it's the one where you're going forever, basically, until you die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. You're actually. Uh, cha- you're get, like running ahead of the kill screen. That's at the end of the game. If you were to actually play to the final level, correct? Yeah, I still boot it up every once in a while on my phone or my iPad. No, I remember. You, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, you're you're running from the kill screen. I think you said that. But we we are your hosts. I'm Trey Farmer Savior Johnson. I'm Jeremy. Back in the ring, Mikowski. I'm John Forty Seven Knitter. Forty Seven. That's thirty seven. Yeah, so it's it's just us this week. We're going to just be more chill here, talk about games and all that stuff as we normally do. Talk about what we've been playing and what we got for the week. I'll go first. There's a few games on here that we all have, so we can talk about those in tandem. So I'll, I'll talk about the stuff that I that I have separately first. I had kind of a rough week, so I went to I was at Target yesterday and I decided to well, my wife bought it for me, but I got another Amiibo here, so what you got? We got an amiibo for the amiibo thing. It's it's Rivali oh, from Rivali. from uh, Breath of the Wild. Cool. Gale, the, yeah. Uh, the the Rivali's nice. the Rivali's Gale as we remember it as the little wind thing that shoots you up and all that. It was a uh, it was between Rivali and Mifa, and I went for Rivali because you know I like him better. Rivali was the stud that everybody was after when the Breath of the Wild came out. It was a big. Oh yeah, folks were thirsty. Actually, yeah. no, it was the I thought it was the Zora one. Thirsty for. I, I think was, that was the thirsty one. Yeah. Oh, was it? I thought it was Rivali. Yeah. That everybody was after. Water based. No, Rivali. People were just like, eh, it's a bird. Oh well. I people said it was Falco, and I believe him. Looks like Falco. <laughs> That's right. He is very Falcoish. Well, and he has even the same sort of like yeah attitude. Regardless, I still think he's pretty cool looking. Who's Who's Mifa then? Isn't Mifa the? Oh no, that's not even. Yeah, she's the the she's the fish princess. So the person yeah. that everybody was after on the internet, they didn't even you can't even buy because nope. he's not. They're all after him. Well, because he's not even a champion, or one of the one of the legendary champions or whatever they're called. Oh right. But I already have I already have the Goron, so I got him. And that one wasn't there, and Urbosa wasn't there, and it was between Mifa and Rivali. And Rivali has a cool looking bow here, you know. And so I went for Rivali. Oh man, Mifa's great. I would have picked Mifa, but that's just me. Fuh. That's just you, Fuh. 
But here, I'll, I'll open it right here. So I got another, I got another amiibo, and you know they're more expensive now. This one was eighteen. They used to be, they used to be like twelve ninety nine. So things have changed in the COVID. Amiibo are now eighteen ninety nine. I thought that was a little bit high. A lot, yeah. I'm Just like, one. you should see if it looks like it's higher quality. It doesn't yeah. look bigger than the other ones or anything. Here. Ooh. There's that snap spot. Being released from your Crisp. eternal prison. Yeah. So it doesn't look any bigger, but he's detailed and stuff. I mean, he looks cool. Yeah, but he's still dead. <laughs> we don't know. He might live. You know, from what <laughs> I've heard, Age of Calamity might have changed everything with that with that time traveling little Cardian dude. He may have changed everything, and he lives now. So yeah, I got one of these guys. I got another. I got another Mebo again, and he's cool. He's cool looking. Last time I was Target, they had it was a Target. They had all of them, and now they only have two. But I didn't look, but when I went there, they had everything. Like the other time, they had, uh, you know, they had all the game. They had two Game & Watches there, two Mario Game Watches just sitting on the, you know, in the glass thing. I saw both of the Mario Kart Lives there, the Luigi and the Mario. Whole bunch of Switches. Nothing was really, I mean, I don't think people are just like going places now, hopefully, but it just, everything was there and they had all the champions and stuff. So, you know, when, when we were all, or when I guess you were freaked out. About possibly, and I think you said this on the previous episode, Jeremy did about thinking that maybe the game and watches wouldn't be there, but there they were. Like when when you when you got yours, you're afraid of like scarcity and all that, but you also said like that you thought that they might not be that hard to get. That there's probably going to be more. And yeah, I've seen some in the wild just hanging out. That's what. Yeah, that was always kind of the impression of it. So I was more just happy that I could have it on release day. Sure. And I just kind of like found my peace in that because I was still kind of pissed off about all the stuff about the pins oh yeah <laughs> it's just coming back again they're coming back around they're uh yeah fuck pins trying to rope you into the mario 3d world stuff because i saw that they're trying to offer pins for this too then i don't know this uh, i saw and i saw a news thing right before we started recording but somebody was saying that it's going to be like around three hours of play for the bowser's fury and that's that's not great i'm not, I'm not really into that that's yeah no that's really low so I don't know. I was thinking about maybe getting it, but maybe I won't now. Sixty dollars for three hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would play. I would play it again. You know, I would obviously have to play the three D World stuff. Otherwise, I'd feel really cheated out of right. a game if I only play the Bowser's Fury. And I think it's. I'm guessing it's probably just that one level. Like, there's I not think anything the else. Co op is somewhat enticing. But yeah. I, yeah, I'm on the fence myself. It moves faster. Also, that was another thing that was mm-hmm. shown that we didn't talk about yet, but. Yeah, it's a uh, Mario moves faster in the Switch one than he did on the Wii U one. So they did a comparison where he's a little bit, a little bit peppier. So there you go. There's motion controls too, a gyro control. I don't know what that's for. Probably for the stuff that has the touchscreen, right? Would have to. I would imagine. for the touchscreen right. stuff from from uh, that you would use on the original Wii U pad and all that. So, so that was something I saw. Give about it a that. shake, probably yeah. something as simple as that. Of course, I've been playing more Wrestling Empire. Uh, I'm almost through the second year. I think I have like three more matches left on that. The game's kind of starting a little bit to like get a little bit uh, dull. It's I mean, I still like playing and it's still fun. It's one of those things where like it's really fun for a while and then you get into a really, really stupid match. Like I, I was like having a great time streaming it. And then I got into a first blood match and I could not for the life of me get this fucker to bleed. And I hit him like a million fucking times. And I kept beating him over the head over and over and over again with a chair. For 30 minutes, not exaggerating, for 30 minutes, I just beat this guy up through the whole thing. 
And then finally, at like 31 minutes, it says, it says match over. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I didn't think it was ever going to end. I thought it was in a glitch. I thought this game was glitched and I was just never going to finish the match. And you can quit, but if you quit, it counts as a loss. You can't just like, you can't just quit mid match. It'll, it'll be that you're forfeiting the match. So, so you can't leave. It'll be like, okay, you lost. And if it's a title match, you automatically lose your title too, which that really sucks as well because sometimes in the game, the guys who own the federation or whatever that you're wrestling for, you know, though you have little meetings at their, at their desk, like in between matches, and they'll be like, Hey, uh, you know, we, they're like, Hey, we were short staffed tonight. Would you, could you wrestle another match? And you could say, sure. And sometimes they'll pay you for it also. But one time I did a second match. And the and the ref like fast counted me and I lost the belt in that second match that I wasn't even gonna do. So if I would have just said fuck you, I'm going home, I would have still had the belt. But then I lost it because the second match they cheated. Because sometimes the refs they count quick, they count too quick or too slow. And this one was just like one two three, and then I lost the belt. And I'm like, what? That wasn't even that was like a fill in match. Like that wasn't. I don't know. I figured you'd keep that for a pay per view or something, not just like have me just <laughs> lose my belt like that. But no, it's it's still been interesting. I know that they're adding. I've been, I of course, been following uh, Matt Dickey about it, and uh, he said there was going to be a free roaming mode. I don't know what that means, but I also saw some stuff on Twitter of him talking about uh, you being charged for the stuff that you break. So if you break a chair, like they'll charge you like twenty bucks for it. So that's that's kind of funny. They're going to add that in there as well, where the where the guy who owns the the federation is going to charge you for all the tables that you broke, even though you can put them back together on the game. You just pick them back up and they go back together. So it's. You shouldn't have to pay for it, but yeah, it was pretty fun until I ran into stuff like that. Since until you know, like first blood matches, or I mentioned it before, like any sort of weird match that's like a table match or like a samurai match or something like that, or not samurai, uh, a sumo match. It's I always feel like those are the ones that I fuck up when there's some sort of weird way to win. I always like accidentally go through a table, like not on purpose. Like my character accidentally jumps through a table, and I don't know why, or like I'll just fall off the ring for some reason, and not not by my own will so but for the fun of it I, I stepped back for a for one of my streams and i played wcw nwo revenge again which was the second one on 64 and probably the best one i think i guess it it there'd be a date debate because uh i go i go between uh revenge and wrestlemania 2000 revenge is great because it had all of my favorite wrestlers in there at the time because i was watching wcw and they were all on there and it's super cinematic it has one of the coolest intros ever and the intro is like 20 minutes long and it's awesome I don't know if you remember it, either of you, but there's like a there's like a guy in a truck like driving down the street and like and like Sting is like standing by the is like standing by the side of the road and he's like got a bat and there's like fire behind him and the and the driver's like what and then there's like all this like th- there's this montage of all this different wrestling and it's all about like Hulk Hogan versus Sting and they do all this it, it's just this cool animation thing and it shows like pretty much all of the finishing moves of all the wrestlers it's just cut really well together. And uh, it's awesome. And I, it was cool to see that again. And it's just like, just the polish on that game compared to Wrestle, Wrestling Empire is, it's very different, you know. But it was fun to play again. I, I played uh, I played through the the, uh, cha- the World Championship mode and I did the Cruiserweight. So I got to see the credits twice. So I think that counts as a beat of the week for me on that. I also did a 40-person Royal Rumble match, which was really fun. You know, where like a new character comes out like every two minutes and there's like 40 people. Even though they only let you have four in the four in the ring at a time, but I was like doing over the over the over the rope thing, so I could just knock him out of the ring. 
and that would count them out. So I was just kind of rolling through them, and I did it in like 20 minutes, and it was fun. So I get to try both of those, and I think I think I still like the control system on Wrestling Empire better, just because you can do more stuff with it. It has more, well, it has more freedom. You know, you can change a move is just a move on the old one, but in Wrestling Empire you could change it into different moves depending on what you put push, and that's really cool. But as far as like presentation and polish and all that, the Wrestle, you know, WCW NWO is way better. But it's cool to play again. Um, the only reason I would put WrestleMania 2000 over that one is because WrestleMania 2000 had a create a wrestler mode and a story mode that was longer than just the 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 heavyweight. And the heavyweight thing is like maybe like 10 matches back to back, and you go through. And I got to see all of the wrestlers that I had in there that had belts because I, cause I would change them depending on whatever was happening on the TV at the time. I'd be like, oh, he's he has the belt, so I'll make him the, have the belt on the game and all that, which is what I was hoping to do whenever the ECW – or not ECW – they're gone. Um, whenever the AEW game comes out, that I was that was what I was hoping to do is just mimic whatever's going on in the storyline with the game, which would be fun. But it's it was cool to see like there's a lot of wrestlers that I've forgotten about that were on there that I don't even remember. Like Ultimo Dragon, who the fuck's that guy? But he's on there. <laughs> just all these people that I had forgotten about. And of course, it's sad seeing people like Chris Benoit on there, which who is who has a character right. who has a character on Wrestle Wrestling Empire as well. As well. He's called Crispin Noir, but yeah, so it's weird to see him as the characters he's supposed to be in there because, you know, you guys, everybody knows about that. I don't need to get into that, but that was such a tragedy. And I loved Crispin while he was one of my favorite wrestlers back, back when. So that's right, really happened upon the video where Vince McMahon basically acknowledged what happens and said he will never be mentioned again. Yeah. Vince McMahon's a piece of shit, but, uh, well, I mean, he, I mean, he fucking hung himself in front of his weight machine. Like, he obviously felt like he was, you know, entrapped by this job and, you know, treated shittily and all. I don't know. It's, I felt like Vince McMahon blamed it all on him, even though I'm pretty sure his federation had a lot to do with it, you know, his own insanity. I don't know. I didn't like the way they handled it, but I don't like the way they've handled any of the deaths in, in the WWE. I mean, they kind of went on like nothing happened when, when uh, Owen Hart died in the ring. So, you know. So fuck those guys. Other than the yeah, the actual night of it, I remember. I've watched videos rather of of him falling okay. from the rafters. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I haven't watched that video, but I've just seen like the how the announcers handled it. Oh, like yeah, a, I've seen that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did like a dedication night, but it was like the night after he died. I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. shitty to make people go to work like the next day. <laughs> you know, maybe you should just not use it for fucking ratings and like give your guys a break. I don't know. I felt like they had never thought of it that way. I felt like they handled it a lot better when uh, Brody Lee died in AEW because they did a, they did like a dedication match and it was like a few days. I mean, it was still, I understand, you know, it was like longer after he died. Like it was like four or five days after he died and they did a match because Brody Lee was part of the dark order, which is this group of people in AEW. And they basically did, it was it was called the you know it was the Brody Lee episode, but every match had Dark Order in it. Every match was a Dark Order episode, or it was a Dark Order match. And they retired like a belt, and they gave it to his kid, and now his kid's like a character on the show. And his wife was there, and they did this. All the wrestlers came out, and they all like you know did like a moment of silence for him and all that, and they did a whole thing. And they did, and they interviewed wrestlers about how they felt about him, and they did like a two minute montage of his wrestling, and I, I felt like they handled it better. From from what I saw, but still, it sucks. And he didn't die. I mean, he didn't die in the ring. Like he died of his own, like you know, of of like I think it was lung. It wasn't. It wasn't a COVID related. It was actually completely natural causes, I guess. But 
comparison between the two of those. But yeah, it was uh, some old, some stuff I hadn't thought about for a while, I guess, <laughs> playing that game, bringing back. And I and I did think, you know, I did think about Chris Benoit, of course, because I saw him in the other one. But seeing him in full thing is a little bit like, ugh. But I still, I mean, I still fully recommend Wrestling Empire. I, you know, it's it's gotten to the point where it shows how much hours I put into the game, and I've played it for over twenty five hours. So I mean, and I only paid fifteen dollars for it, so I've definitely got the worth of the dollar an hour. And I'm not, and I'm not anywhere done playing it. Like I'm definitely going to play it again for streams because it's fun. It's a lot of fun to play, and you just really don't know where it's going to go. And I'm kind of convinced. That, I think that it might not end. I think there might not be credits. I think it's supposed to, I think it's kind of trying to be like a real wrestling simulator where you just wrestle until you retire and then you got to start over again you know kind of try to make it more like real life wrestling and I like that about it I think that's really unique so so yeah it's I think it's still a lot of fun to play also I've been still playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 which is like I mean, I like that I put it it's in the notes here but it says uh Xenoblade Chronicles 2 it kind of teeters in between Sometimes I think it's like one of the best games on the, on the Switch, and sometimes I'm like, this game is really stupid. Like it's kind of like <laughs> teeters in between these because it has like really good cutscenes. I think the story is great. Like I think the characters are great. I think it looks really pretty. Like I really I like the anime style. Like I think it looks good. I think it's animated really well. The colors pop. Like the way the colors pop on the game, it kind of reminds me of like Final Fantasy VI or like Skies of Arcadia or like those golden years of RPGs. Like it kind of reminds reminds me of that, maybe like the color palette or something, but it kind of feels like that. And especially like when you're jumping from like Island to Island, because there's a bunch of different, instead of the two Titans in the second one, there's like many Titans, there's like multiple Titans. So, so you see like these creatures and they're out in the sky and, and you can kind of swim through the clouds in between them. So it kind of gives this sort of feeling of what skies of Arcadia had of like this big world of, of, you know, islands within a sky and that sort of thing. So that's kind of why I got vibes for that. But as far as the story stuff, I think it's really fun. And I've actually, the battle system has become like my favorite thing of the game. I actually really liked the battle system. I think it's great. I don't know why I had such a hard time with it. Maybe I just wasn't, it just didn't click with me. But once it does click with you, it makes so much sense. It makes, I think I like it better than the battle system in Definitive Edition. Just because it's, just because it works better. Like instead of, you know, in Definitive Edition, you have that bar where you go through and you pick the different arts. Then you have to go like push left and right and then you push a button to select it like that. This one's different. It has like four different arts and they're assigned to like the four buttons on the right side of the controller. So if you want to do like whatever move, you hit A and it automatically does it. You have to, don't have to go and select it. That's why I think it works better because it's easier. And same thing with the control pad. You can select your different blades by hitting like up, left, right, whatever. And I've actually, been enjoying the battle the battle mode and i think i actually know what i'm doing for the most part like i can challenge people that are higher levels at me and and try to and you know i and i can do do fairly well like i hadn't died like since that boss that i was stuck on i hadn't died for however long and then i finally got to a boss that i did get killed on but i just went to an inn and and, i leveled up a couple levels and i was doing fine after that so it was i already had the experience you just you have to go to the end level up which is annoying so i just went and did that and i came back and then i smoked the guy so so that was fine. But the thing that sucks about it is the is my favorite thing from the Definitive Edition. It's the fucking side missions. They're so stupid in this game. Like, that's the thing. And that was what was fun about the first one for me, was just to, like, put on a podcast and just veg out and just go do a bunch of side mi- missions and just fight people. But this one, it's like one side mission becomes, like, five side missions. 
And then, like, you do all these side missions in a row, and then you find a thing where you have to dig this treasure out of the ground, but you can't because your blade doesn't have the ability because it doesn't have earth mastery or whatever. It's so stupid. Like, there's all this, like, I feel like they made it, like, too complicated almost when it comes to that because all of your blades have these different abilities that they have to level up as well. So if you weren't paying attention to where your blade's level is as far as, like, digging up shit or breaking locks or whatever, you won't be able to do it. Like, I went to a dungeon where i couldn't even beat the whole thing because i couldn't break through this wall because my because my blade didn't have his super strength level wasn't high enough so i'd have to come back there later and do it and they're really and it's really obtuse the way you uh, upload where you upgrade that stuff it's like you have to eat like two things of meat and that's what brings you whatever it's so strange so that's the annoying part of it is, is that it's just like ah, i went and did all this stuff and now i can't get this thing out of the ground i actually drew for blades for like 10 minutes just so I could get a blade that had earth mastery. So I could get this fucking thing out of the ground. Cause I didn't want to go get it again. Cause it took me so long to get there. So there's been frustrating stuff like that as far as the submission goes. And sometimes the map just doesn't work. Like it's like, you know, it has a little number that's counting down and it'll have an arrow up or down, whether it's above you or below you. But sometimes you just still cannot find the thing. And it's like, where the fuck is it? And you look on the map and it says it's over there, but you can't get there because it's on a level under the under you, but you don't know how to get to that level. Like, there's a bunch of stuff like that, which kind of reminds me of Xenoblade Chronicles X. If you remember that, Jeremy, there's a lot of stuff like that in that mm-hmm. game. But that's the stuff that really irritates me. But as far as, like, the single, like, the regular story goes and the characters, it's great. Even though it is kind of... It is. It does get really horny with some of these, <laughs> some of these cutscenes. Of course, being an anime-style game. And I got to the point where Pyra, spoilers, Pyra is actually two people. She's Pyra and Mithra. And uh, there's a, there's like a hot tub scene with, with Mithra and one of the other characters. And, it's, of course, it's all like, you know, it's weird. It's like one of those things where this this other lady character that's in the game, she actually says in English, she's like, nice bod. <laughs> and it says, nice cause bod. It, yeah, because I'm playing it in, in Japanese, and but she actually says nice bod in English. And it's it's funny because you know sometimes they they go back and forth. There's some stuff that's in English and some not. But yeah, there's a weird there's a weird uh, hot tub scene where she's in a towel and everybody's like, oh, look at her. You know, it's one of those those anime stuff that you see a lot of times where there's got to be a it's got to be a tub scene, you know, or something where one person runs into another person and their boobs bounce and they get distracted by it. It's an anime trope. It's kind of annoying, but. People lay, like run into each other and land on top of each other in like sexually provocative ways, or or like uh, or like seeing the other person naked, like that happens a lot. That happened in uh, what's the what's the one the robot one with with Shinji? Why can I not remember it? Evangelion. Yeah, Evangelion. That's like one of the first episodes. That's in uh, Elfin Lead as well. Yeah, but it's, it's I'm saying it's a trope. It happens a lot mm-hmm. where one character. I think it happened in Ranma also in the first one. Oh we're, yeah, we're like, the whole, well, the whole old man, like that was his whole thing. He was just like a horny old little man. Yeah, which is also like mm, maybe we shouldn't do that. That's that's creepy and yeah. So there's some yeah, there's some tropes like that. I mean, there wasn't like, and even the beginning of Ease Eight does that too, where the two main characters, where e, where uh, at all sees sees one of the teammates naked, like at the very beginning of the uh, game. So it's there in a lot of these games, but. It wasn't like where they found where she was naked, but it was just like, just a weird, like, oh, she's in a hot tub. Yeah, look, you know, it's like very, seemed very horny and weird, but that was only one small part of it. But aside from that, I think the game's great. And whenever you, whenever you get through Xenoblade, Jeremy, you should consider trying Xenoblade Chronicles 2 again, because I do think it's a really good game. And I feel kind of, 
I don't know. I feel like I kind of missed out by not spending more time with it because it would have definitely been on my top 10 if I would have played it longer. But also it came out the the year that the Switch came out and there was just too mm-hmm. much other shit to get distracted by, you know, being in the same, being a game, because Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is huge. Like it's having a game that huge next to like a game like Breath of the Wild that's also incredibly huge. It's kind of like... And Mario Odyssey. And Odyssey. Yeah, it's hard to have these things all living together, especially with uh, Xenoblade having like such a high, you know, such a high hill to the learning curve for the battle system and all that. That's just, yeah. It's rough, but I, but I like it. It's been, Somewhere I actually yeah. have like an image file that explains how the battle system works because it took me like having an actual image I could look at that explained it. Oh, sure. To be able to learn it. And of course, I've forgotten it since. The way, the way that I understand it is, so, you know, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles X does this. Your character, you know, you're in a battle, your character does an auto attack on their own. You know, they'll keep just like attacking the character. And this, the way this one works is every time you auto attack somebody, one of your arts will get closer to being able to use. And there's a little, there's a little like meter around it that kind of moves like in like a diamond shape. And that's how, and you just kind of watch that and it'll tell you when you can use that move. And it'll say under the moves, it'll be like, well, use this move from the back or use this from the side or use this like, you know, there's one, I forget what it is that what, you can topple them with this one, but you have to do it after this other thing. That's what I said about learning topples. That's a huge thing for both games, but it kind of explains to you how to do that. And mostly I just wait for them to fill and then I go and do the different moves at a certain time. And then there's, of course, like three bars that it, once you fill them up, you can do these super moves where you just, where you just keep doing moves over and over and over again with each character. And I got to the point where, I was like doing multiple rounds. I did like four rounds where I just kept going through each character and I ended up doing like 500,000 hit points of damage. Like it was insane. Like, so, so it's cool. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do. And, uh, you press like L and R to make your character, to make your other team do certain moves while you're doing it. And some of those will be interactive as well. We have to do like quick time event, uh, button presses and stuff like that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm on like the fifth chapter, I think now. And I've really, I've really been enjoying it. I was gonna, I was gonna sell, set up a challenge for myself on this show, so you guys can hold it to me. I was gonna see, I was gonna try my hardest to beat Xenoblade Chronicles Two before Bravely Default Two comes out, and that's at the end of February. So I think I have some time. So I think it's so you have one month. I think it's reachable. So I was gonna try to, you know, when I'm when I'm not playing new stuff for the show, Xenoblade Chronicles Two is kind of like my comfort food right now. Like that's but what I've been going to when I just want to just play a game, you know, and just, and just uh, have a good time. So I'm going to, how much do you have left to go? I think I'm halfway through it. I I think I'm only halfway through it. Now it says that I put 60 hours into it, but I think there was a glitch when the game came out that it said that you had more time than you actually played. Cause I remember it saying that I played it for 30 hours and I was sure that I did not play it for 30 hours. Like there was no way I feel like there was some sort of glitch where it was counting time while you were like not playing it. It was still adding to it like when it first launched in the first week. So I think the, cause the time that I have in the actual game and the time that it shows me on the switch menu is like way different. Like, I think it, it says like, um, it says like 60 hours in the game, but on the switch, it says that I've only played it for like 30, which I think is more, was just more, more accurate. So, so I can't really gauge on the time of that, but I looked at the amount of chapters and I've, I think I I'm either at the beginning of fifth chapter or at the end of the fifth chapter, but there's ten chapters. So I was like, I think I was like, I think I can do it. Probably. I mean, 
I don't know. That's that's my goal, though. I'm going to try to make it through before Brio for Default 2 comes out. That's what I wanted to set up a video game goal for myself, and that's that. Also, I managed to kick YouTube off of my top games played, so I said I was going to do that, right. and I did. And Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did it, obviously. It knocked it out of there. It also surpassed uh, Fire Emblem, which was another game I wanted to finish someday, but just haven't been able to. <laughs> Me too. Xenoblade is kind of is like wait is is the game that I want. Like it's the perfect it's the perfect RPG for me. It has a great soundtrack. It has a great story. And it has a beautiful world to walk through. Like those are and a good battle system. Those are like my big RPG things, and it has all of them. So that's keeps what keeps me coming back to it. And the music is amazing. And the music's great. <laughs> I guess we could talk about the demo that I got. So. Balan Wonderworld is a game that I've had a had my eye on for a while. It's a uh, Yuji Naka's new game, the creator of Sonic. It's uh it kind of looks like a I don't know, like a Night into Dreams, Billy Hatcher, mm-hmm. whatever game. You can you can get a demo right now on the Japanese eShop. It's only on the Japanese eShop, but you can get it for free on there. And if you know if you know where the cuz if you go to search stuff in the American eShop, in the bottom left corner, you can look at games that just have demos. If you memorize where that is, you can just go to it in the Japanese one, and that'll show you all the stuff, all the Japanese demos that are on there. And I realized that the Japanese sh- the Japanese eShop has way more demos than the American one does. Like, I got a demo of, like, Catherine. I got a demo of, of like, Ghost Runner. There's a, there's a demo of Phoenix Rising on there. Which supposedly we're supposed to get one in America soon, but there's one on, like they have so much more shit that we don't have. Uh, there's like wonderful one on one demo. I don't know if that one, remember if that one had one or not, but I just went through and downloaded a bunch of stuff. Um, cause I've been trying to do more fitness stuff. I downloaded like fitness boxing demo and this other Japanese fitness game that I hadn't heard of before and, uh, some other weird, uh, side scrolling Japanese crazy looking game that was, that had a demo. I just went through and downloaded like 20 things off, or not 20, like kind of more like 10, but I just went through and got a bunch of demos cause I was like, oh wow, all this stuff is in here. Especially, I'm really excited about playing Ghost Runner because that's like that game that looked like it was a first person Katana Zero. It's like a first person Katana Zero. Oh yeah. Where you kind of like. Looks like the under, the Balance World demo is on. The US eShop now. Oh, is it? Okay. okay well, cool. when I looked for it, when I looked for it today, it wasn't there. That's why I had to jump to the Japanese eShop. I also downloaded it from the Japanese eShop. Yeah. But regardless, I'm glad that I went there because I found all these other demos as well. And Ghost Runner. Yeah, I haven't played that yet, but I want to play in the future. But Balan Wonderland, Wonder World. I just want to keep calling it land because I don't know. Makes sense. But Wonder World, it's a bigger world. Um, it's a weird, it's a fucking weird game. I don't know if it. So you haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, John, but you should. No. But well, it, it yeah, makes, I was interested in it, too. Yeah, it makes me... It, I never got to play Billy Hatcher. Unfortunately, it's kind of one of those Holy Grail games that I always wanted for GameCube. But I, or a Holy Egg game. Yeah, Holy Egg, whatever. It's just a game I wanted to buy, but I just didn't. I almost got it at MGC, but there were some people ahead of me that bought it. I remember when I saw it, it was I saw it in somebody else's hands, and I never saw it again on the show floor. So that made me, made me sad, but... It kind of gives me that vibe, sort of. It also kind of has like a Wonder Boy 3 vibe because you get these different suits that do different things. There's like a dragon suit. From what I found, there's a dragon suit. There's a, so there's a dragon suit where you blow fire. There's a pig suit where you like jump and do like a butt stomp. Um, there's like a spring suit where you can like stretch your head up and then you kind of jump. 
there's a rabbit suit that's kind of like a Yoshi suit where you do like the flutter kick and you kind of stay it's in like the a air for a while. Soccer player, right? Yeah, there's a soccer. Well, football. There's a football player on there. Yeah, and I mean football is in football. You know, soccer. Football. Yeah, I, I found that where you turn into a sports person and you score goals, and it's just weird. And you're going through these levels that are like farm based. So there's big giant like. Uh, corn on the cobs on the side with like melting melting butter and there's all these really weird smiley farmers just sitting around and there's like these people that are just like dancing that are everywhere but when you get close to them they disappear and it's like i'm like these dancing people they're up to something i don't trust you i don't know what i don't know what you're up to but it's really weird but uh there's there's like there's two levels on there there's a boss mode and I'm just going to spoil the boss the boss for you just because i have to because it's so ridiculous i just told it to Jess early and she thought it was hilarious so I go to the boss mode, and there's this big – there's a lot of, like, cutscenes in there, too, which reminds me of, like, a lot of the 3D Sonic games would have that. You know, like, Sonic Unleashed had, like, one of the most epic FMV intros ever, or, you know, CGI intros, even though the game sucked. The intro was still really cool at the beginning. So it has this, like, big intro of you, you know, going to the Balan world and all that stuff at the very beginning. But this one had, when you get to the boss, there's this intro, it shows this farmer, this like big tornado comes into the farm and like destroys all the farm, all of his, uh, st- all of his, uh, crops and all that stuff. And he's freaking out. But the farmer gets touched by this evil being and he becomes an evil farmer and you fight the, and you fight the evil farmer. He doesn't really look like a farmer, but you fight him and then the spirit's gone and you like walk up to each other and you start, dancing and there's all these like flowers and bunnies and all these other mm-hmm. characters that represent the suits that you had dancing around you and you're like in this big ring and it's bizarre <laughs> it's a bizarre ass game but yeah it's uh i'm intrigued i don't know From it what reminds I- me a little bit of boom blocks in the in the weird like mindless characters just dancing in the background oh like, sure yeah with those really unnecessary yeah with those block characters just kind of hanging out and yeah. standing in front of the camera and just waiting for you to throw the ball at them to get to uh-huh. the to get to the tower. Yeah, kind of like that. But yeah, it's just it's everybody should play it. It's just bizarre. And I thought I thought that it was going to be like a lower price, but apparently this is a full $60 game, which kind of uh Ooh. makes it more like a wait a wait and wait for a sale for me cuz I was planning on getting it cuz I thought it was going to be like a $20 $30 game. But it, on the Japanese eShop, it has it down for $70, Damn. which is, yeah. I don't know why it's so much more on there. but So I'm like, okay, so this is going to be a $59.99 game. And this is coming out around the same time as Monster Hunter Rise, which I already swore on this show that I was going to get it. So I guess I have to. Even though, you know, as much as I try to back out of it, I think I feel like I have to because I said that I was going to get it. But and also, uh, we didn't mention it last week, but... Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is coming out that same month as well. So I want to get that game. Hopefully that's not going to be 60 because I already bought it once once for 60. I don't want to buy it again. I don't know what it would be. But I mean it's it's a re it's I would I would think that it'd be more around the $30, $20 range is what I would guess. I don't know how much it released for PlayStation 4. I probably should look, but when that game came out, I had a hell of a time with it. I really had a fun time with it. It reminded me of like Skyrim, if Skyrim was fun to play, is what I used to say about that game. It's it's like a Western RPG, but it has more of a it more it has more of a control control style of an action game. It kind of feels like God of War, but it with but with RPG stuff. So it was really cool, and it was written by R. A. Salvatore, which was a writer. He was a Star Wars writer. He's the one who killed Chewbacca in the extended universe series. So 
There you go. Wow. He wrote that he was crushed by a moon. <laughs> I don't know which book that was, but yeah, he uh, he went crushed by a moon. He was cr- crushed by a moon. Yeah, like a planet moon oh. was it fell from the sky and crushed. I mean, if Chewbacca's gonna die, you got to make him go out. You know, go out in a good way, right? None of this, like, getting stabbed by your son thing, like, from the new Star Wars stuff. It's crushed, <laughs> crushed by a moon. They aimed there he big- was howling at the moon, and the moon <laughs> came down. <laughs> they, they, made it, they made it bigger back then. Those extended universe books were ridiculous. They just made it, like, this is like, let's get ridiculous with this. I mean, if you're going to kill Chewie, you got to kill him with the moon. But, yeah, no, I, I'm excited about that game. Yeah, Bell and Wonderworld, it's weird. Oh, yeah, and it has this has this really weird, like, rolling environment that's kind of similar to animal crossing i couldn't figure that out it was freaking me out i was like it's so weird yeah (laughs) is the world like distorting as i walk or is it like is it moving when i stand still and it doesn't do that because yeah it's it's very strange i yeah i I thought it was a mixture of like you know animal crossing has the thing where you walk and the world Mm -hmm. like comes from the back and this one i thought it was it, it's kind of like that, but it also kind of has like the pop-up book feel to it, you know, where it kind of mm. like poofs up when you get next to it. But it's really bizarre. And the camera angles are weird, too. Like, I, I turned off the automatic camera because that was really bothering me. I don't know if you noticed that, Jeremy, where it'll automatically go I behind you. Yeah. yeah, I turned it off because it was it was giving me a headache. I, I didn't like it. So I changed it to where I, I changed the camera, even though sometimes it still changes. Like, if you're in certain parts, it still will go up automatically. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting game to play. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I could throw $60 at it. But if it gets, like, high praises, oh, I would consider it. But it's just, you know, it's nice to see. It's nice that, uh, you know, creators like Yuji Naka can go and, you know, do stuff like that. I miss that uh, you get hit once and lose your costume. Yeah. Did you know? The did costumes you- are pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, I played it. I didn't play quite as much as traded, but. It feels so weird. I don't know. It feels a lot like it's got a, lo- a very loose feel to it, and it doesn't feel very polished. I got, I'm gonna be honest. I oh yeah, for sure. Low, so maybe it will be more polished, but like I hope so for the final product. It feels like yeah. something from a couple of generations back, at least, and it's just so weird. Like I, there is a level where there's a giant farmer, like he's like yeah, <laughs> gotta be like 50 feet tall compared to the character. And I'm like, what's up with this giant farmer? And I like walk up to him and he just disappears. Like, yep. Okay. Why was that there? What did that have to do with anything? Well, and there's like one level you come in there and there's just like a line of their line of, they're basically the costumes that you become. And they're mm-hmm. just, there's a line of them right next to each other. And you just walk through and they're clapping at you. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> or there's people that are just dancing in the environment. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. Okay, but anytime you get near weird. them, they just vanish. But they There's disappear like, when you uh, get by them. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? I think it's all it's all part of the wonder wonder world aesthetic, I guess. And I found a part where you like go through, you like go into a, a into a picture, and you come out another side. But there's another oh, yeah, way you can do that. Yeah, like portal, but it's like really pixelated as you walk through it, and then it like reloads the like it's not seamless, mm-hmm. but it all it's almost exactly like portal otherwise yeah it's it's weird it's it's just it's a strange game but i mean it's great that there's a demo because everybody can at least like bask in the weirdness of it and mm. it's not that long i think maybe it's an hour long to play through i've kind of just been playing it off and on throughout the day and i just made it through but i did kind of yeah. complain about a free demo but yeah. as as a full price game i I, did, I just don't know 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay if, the, if that was the way it was. I'd be upset because it does feel really weird. Like the control feels a little floaty, and it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of like a Crash Bandicoot game at times, just with the weird camera angle and collecting stuff. And I don't know, which is not a good also thing. Like, not a good thing for me because I don't like those games. But like you'll get super co- certain costumes that will take away your ability to jump, and then you're yeah. stuck. Oh yeah, and there's also like <laughs> only one. There's only one button that does anything mm-hmm. and there's, and they all kind of do the same thing. So like a and B and L and R well, L Z R and Z L are all like whatever your costume does, which is one thing you can't like mm-hmm. jump and hit somebody. You can either have a costume that you have like the dragon one, that blows fire, or you have one that jumps, but there's not both. Like you can't jump and blow fire. It's weird, but you can kind of change between them sort of quickly with the L and R, but, and when you get hit by a guy, you lose your costume and then you have to go get it again. So that's kind of annoying. But thankfully, they don't. I mean, they're all in. Anything that's in the level is in there. You just have to go back to wherever you got it from. But if it gets way more complicated later in the game, I could see that being a really a major annoyance. You know, you like have to unlock the costumes by finding a key. Yeah. So far, most of the time, the key is just next to the costume. So it's like, what was the point of having the key? I guess to be a tutorial for the future. But yeah, it's weird. Well, it's so, so it's yeah. so dumb because they're literally like sitting right next to each other on multiple occasions. Yeah, there's a couple times where there's one you have to find it and then go, but it's not that far to, to do it. I don't know. It's it's worth it just to try it out. That's all. That's all I want to say. There's still two months a lot going on that game. So, but but as far as like the I don't know the creator and 3D Sonic games, I guess it does kind of fit in that in that uh those type of games mm-hmm. because it's like weird. He hasn't quite figured it out. Yeah. I mean, I think it works better than some of the other Sonic games that I've played, I guess, because you don't have to run. You don't have to be fast. And I feel like that screws up a lot of them. But, yeah, it's it's whatever. And the 3D parts of Knights, just so weird. The game is just so weird, even mm. now. Like, I think when it came out in 95, people were like, what the fuck is up with this part? Yeah. Even back then. Yeah, I never played Knights. I always kind of wanted to. But even looking at it, from what I saw from afar, it's like it still looks strange. Like I still don't really know what's happening. Even looking it's at really the really fun. Yeah. It's just the 3D parts are just so bad. Yeah. Like there's no point in them even being part of the level. I have the uh, Wii one, the sequel, the Knights sequel mm-hmm. on Wii that's supposedly really oh, bad. Yeah. I bought it for like two dollars. Oh yeah. From uh, that's cheap. from disc replay, but I never played it because I know it's going to be bad, so I just it's haven't terrible. gotten around to it. Yeah, But I bought it for, it was like $1.99, so I didn't feel that bad about it. About buying a bad, buy a bad game. It was just one of those things I just really wanted to know what it felt like. But aside from that, uh, Jeremy and I, we've both been playing Cyber Ninja, right? That's what it's called? Cyber Shadow. Shadow. Cyber Shadow. Cyber he Shadow. is a ninja, though. So Cyber Shadow came out this week. Um, it was uh, It dropped on Tuesday. I've played it a little bit. How far have you gotten into this one? I've played about three hours, so I'm I'm a bit into it. Are you? Have you made it through the second boss yet? I believe so. I have four out of the seven orbs that it shows you. Uh, oh, the because I'm thirty percent through. Yeah. Oh, the the power ups. The power ups are yeah. the ones that you collect to up your life. Uh, whatever the main ones are, the power. Oh, okay, the power-ups. you're farther than me because I only have two power ups. I have the throwing was like the throwing star and the uppercut uh-huh. thing. That's the only ones I have. So you played, yeah, I've gotten two yeah. more since then. Because mm-hmm. I think I played it for about three hours too, but I didn't get as far as you. I don't know. This one, uh, I was having a hard time getting into this one, I guess. 
it didn't it didn't really have me when I was playing and I felt like it's kind of I felt like the enemies were annoying to kill like I really hate those fucking moth butterfly things mm-hmm. once it fly around that it's really hard to hit and it's it, and I noticed it's kind of like Ninja Gaiden but you can't climb walls and you can't duck which is kind of annoying <laughs> so <laughs> it's strange yeah, so you're like, like so, sort of built as a Ninja Gaiden homage, but you can't climb the walls. It's like a central well, thing. Well, here's the thing: at least not yet, unless you get it later. Do you get yes. it later? I, I wondered about that. Yeah, okay. that's what I just got. So three hours into the game, okay, I thought maybe it might be something you get later. Climb walls, but it's in a very Metroidvania way where they give you these abilities that you can use to uh, progress. So yeah, you get uh, what you said. The second ability, like the next ability, lets you like get to new areas and then you also get the wall climb not not soon or not too long after that does the does the wall climb use your magic meter like everything else does okay good because that's annoying too you have a magic it's not like uh and it's not like some games where the wall climb is you have to like you hold and then you jump back and forth like you literally just stick to the wall, jump, stick higher, stick higher. Okay, you can climb up anything. It's like SteamWorld Dig the way the wall climbing works in that game oh it's well exactly I mean, yeah i mean ninja gaiden you could just walk you just press up and he just climbs the wall you know, you don't yeah have i guess to jump. it's not that yeah exactly but yeah i don't know it's a uh, once i got yeah. that i was just like holy shit this game just got so much more fun like immediately but they make you wait a while to get it yeah because i'm on stage four Okay, I must I must be on three. I don't know how many total stages there are. Because I just I just got the second I just got the second thing. But I was having a what hard time. What was the boss yeah. what was this boss you were talking about? Uh it's like a robot thing that jumps around and then there's a second form to it. Yes, I beat him. Okay, yeah, where the guy the guy jumps out at the end. I was kinda pissed off because I was having a that hard time. That was a pretty hard boss. Beating him and I was like, Wait, no, there's another one? Damn it. Yeah. But it's uh I hope that It's all about patterns. Yeah, I, I wasn't having I was having a hard time with it because I don't think I didn't think it was that fun to control yet, you know, probably because you can't climb walls or anything. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was really limiting. It's like, it's like I have, you know, I can jump and I can throw and I can use my sword and that's all I can do. Well, and now I can throw maybe like f- six ninja stars and then, and then they're gone. You know, it's not like Castlevania where I can build up a bunch of bullets and, and shoot a bunch of them. Like really, it's very, it's really quick for you to run out of, run out of spirit power, or magic power, whatever you want to call it. And you don't get any back from killing guys, so it's kind of fucking annoying. You have to, I mean, you have to destroy these things in the level, like kind of how you would in Ninja Gaiden or uh, Castlevania, you know, where you hit a thing and you hope that it gives you a spirit thing. But most of the time, it doesn't. Like there's, they seem to be fewer than other things. You get these yellow things that count for money. I got those more than anything else, but not really my spirit back. So it's, I kind of, it kind of felt like a slog from the beginning. From from what I was. What I what I felt about it, but it looks really good. The graphics look good. The music's good, you know. But I just I felt so limited. I was I was like I don't feel I can really do anything, and I can't even duck. Like that was kind of annoying too, because a lot of the characters move in weird ways where it's hard to kill them. Well, I think I have a bit more of a positive view on it, um, and it may just be the fact that I don't have another game like this to play right now. But sure, it reminds me a lot of Celeste in that. I don't want to stop playing. So it has you playing from checkpoint to checkpoint and each checkpoint that's your save point too. So you can stop playing, come back to it later. You start from that checkpoint. But one thing I really like about it is that you get to upgrade the checkpoint itself. So when you uh, respawn there, if you die, you'll be upgraded if you spend money on it. So 
you'll have like a power up or a, a uh, you know have your uh, your whatever e- you want your call extra it, sword or energy. yeah right. So it's really cool that you could do that and you could just like you collect this money as you're playing and you just like that checkpoint. As far as I know, forever if if you go back through the level again, it continues to be uh, a checkpoint that upgrades you and it's not just a, a continue point so yeah, i really is. like that um you die yeah. a lot in this game i've died probably oh yeah i, it, I don't yeah. know if it keeps track of it but i have had to have died at least 100 times so that, yeah that's why i kind of maybe it was made it kind of soggy for me is that i just yeah i kept dying and dying and dying and dying and you get the parts i mean where, there's a lot of instant death yeah the 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 spikes like just were killing me and, or like the crushers or there's like a little grinder thing also that'll kill you in one hit my original uh Nickname for this episode was going to be "fuck knockback damage" because goddamn the knockback damage. Oh yeah, it sucks too. <laughs> yeah, really Oof. holds you back. Oh yeah, because I don't know if you mentioned them yet, Trey, but like the the flying characters, the flying enemies. I hate them. Like, the, the boss those yeah. with the instant kill spikes in the lava, and every level has some sort of instant kill kind of. Oh yeah, they throw in there. And uh, so you combine that with the knockback damage and you can like be really, really far to the point where you actually see like the next checkpoint. And then, and then you die. Yeah. Some little dumb thing hits you and you fly back. And <laughs> yeah. You die, and it's so annoying. Um, and then later on, they add other elements and everything knocks you back so far. Like yeah. that's the, that, if I had one complaint about the game, it's the fucking knockback. Like, oh, it'd be yeah. cool if there was some sort of upgrade where you could like be heavy and not get knocked back as much or, Maybe you just went and, you know, you like, you know, started flashing, but you didn't actually fly back because that would really make it a lot more user friendly, I think, because the parts where I've gotten stuck the longest have been because of the knockback um, and the instant kill spike type stuff. The knockback was the worst part of Ninja Gaiden, too. So so it seems like they probably said, oh, you have to have it because it's in Ninja Gaiden and sure everybody knows about it. But I think you're right. If they added something to where, okay, you have it for the first level or second level then you get an upgrade to get rid of it. You know, that would be cool. That would be nice. Well, they had a similar thing. Uh, The Curse of the Moon, the Bloodstained ones, they had the same thing. But I remember Curse of the Moon 1, you could do kind of a casual mode where you turned off the knockback. You Mm -hmm. could actually turn it off in the options. I haven't, I don't think you can do it in this one, but there was that one. They kind of addressed it in that way. Like maybe you don't want to deal with the fucking knockback, so you can turn it off if you don't want to. But also there's like, there's elevator parts in this. And there's one part where you're on an elevator and there's like spikes, you know, at the top that'll crush you if you don't move. And I kept dying because this fucking moth thing would come from under the elevator and I couldn't see it Mm -hmm. and it would knock me into the spike and I would die every time. And I didn't know what happened because I'm just standing like away from the spike. And then all of a sudden my dude just like goes right into the spike and I'm like, wait, wait, why did that happen? And it's because this stupid moth that I didn't even see would come up through the elevator and you can't even see the moth. And you would just automatically die. So it's just like, I felt like there was a lot of really cheap deaths in there. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That elevator yeah. part, I was, I was, I played that a lot. That mm-hmm. might have been the most I played any section so far. And uh, it was that exact thing. I'd be like, I have everything cleared out. I thought all the bad guys were gone. And I'm just like avoiding the spikes. And all of a sudden, my character flies into the spikes. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. And it was like, it was that, like, one of those eggs broke. Based yeah, on the, the environmental hazards will break the eggs, and then the the enemy comes out of it. So, yeah, that's it's hard. It's yeah. this game's not this game doesn't hold your hand. It's, it's not a breeze. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's coming at you swinging at the very beginning. One thing <laughs> I like about it is that 
not just that the save points are upgradable, but usually if it's a really long level, you'll upgrade like, or upgrade, you'll like unlock shortcuts as you go. Like you'll hit a switch and then something will drop to where you don't have to go as far from the checkpoint and stuff like that. So oh, sure, it's at least forgiving in that regard, but well, the it, bosses so far are yeah. really hard. Um, and the, the, uh, the checkpoints actually aren't all the same. Like you can up some of them, you can upgrade in all of the oh, ways, right. some you can, but not all of them you can. So they so they do they do change. Like some of them, yeah, you can pay you can pay money to get your life back and your spirit back and all that stuff. But some of them you can only pay to just like checkpoint there. Depending. Have on you found a uh, Have you found a statue that you pray to yet? Oh no, I, I've only found like a couple members because you're like a you're part of a ninja clan or something, and you get mm-hmm. nuked at the beginning, and your character's like barely alive i guess and you're like trying to get to some right isn't that what this, what's happening here like you're a you're sort of you're like reborn through radioactivity or something i don't know you're like uh mostly machine i guess like a darth vader kind of yeah sort of android kind of part human part android um but yeah it's a it's a fun game i really like it uh i think i'm gonna try to finish it it makes me scream. It makes me curse. Yeah. It makes me want to like punch the deck, like slam my head down or slam my hand down on the the table. Cause that's sometimes what I do when I'm mad at a video game, but I've been restraining myself. I've just been like, don't let it get you bad. It's just a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, yeah, I don't really like slam my hand on anything, but I'd just like, I want, I, to. I just you stick, throw your way bird. I just stick, I just stick my tongue out. I don't, I don't throw controllers anymore. I'm just like, like that. That's what I, I, flipped, I do. I flipped the screen off a lot. Because of not oh yeah, I've done that. I've done that plenty of times. I flipped off the screen a bunch of times, but that's fine. <laughs> but or, here, well, one thing that's really cool, and I think you've probably experienced it, yeah, uh, is the swag blade. The swag blade's really cool. Which one's the swag blade? Is that the one so, the upgrade that you get? Yeah, so that's the like the it's a weapon you get that's like um it's like almost like a saw blade that's swinging around you, and as you jump, it like moves around, and as oh. you move, it like. The physics affect how it moves around the screen, but it's still attached to you. And uh, I don't. It's yeah. really fun because you can like line it up and then hit it, and then like shit. Like it's just really cool how it's just this extra like element of like an extra weapon you have following you when you have that upgrade. Oh, is that, that you can use to like knock out big things quicker and stuff? I mu- I must not have that because I've never I've never done that. It's not a thing that you get through the upgrades. It's just like a collectible item. Is it when you're like, because I know, because I get the thing where the blade is bigger, right? Whatever that yeah. is, where it has like it's a curve. It's the same sort of thing, like it's the same kind of upgrade item, but. Oh, I never found this, it. It's this blade yeah. called the swag blade. and Huh. I know. I never found it. I just, I just saw, I thought the blade just got bigger and had, and had high, wrong, had like a longer reach. That was all I found, but I didn't, it didn't work any differently. It just seemed like it was a bigger, just would hit more things. I don't know. Yeah, swag blades rad. Um, that's why I said he was with or they who are without uh, swag can cast the first blade. Uh, yeah, it's called the swag blade. I don't know why they made that decision. Maybe because, but I think it's a good game. It has a down stab, which is always fun. Didn't get that either, man. You you played you played better than I did. And so the game gets more fun the longer I play, and then it just makes you think like, why didn't they? Yeah. I don't know. They they're kind of like really hoping that people stick out the the harder beginning part because not to say it's not going to get hard again, but 
it's gotten easier as I've gotten more upgrades. Like it's more fun and I'm having, I'm like less frustrated with it because I have more tools at my disposal to get through the levels. They they should have done the Metroid thing and just like gave you all the stuff at the beginning for like, for like one level and then just and then, and then take it away. Game. So then, you know what you can get later. It would have been cool if they did the, the Metroid prime thing where it's like, you could be this powerful, but not anymore. I don't know. Yeah, no, it gives me more reason to play through it. I'm going to try, I'm going to play through it. Like, I'm not going to stop playing it or anything, but I mean, it's, I just felt like it's, it, it's not very welcoming at the beginning, but it makes me happy to know that there's other stuff in there. Cause I felt, I felt the game was really limited and I was like, is this all you have? Then this is kind of annoying. You know, no, it, it gets more fun, the yeah. more stuff you unlock. Yeah. So, and it's kind of like, it, yeah. if you play with that sort of, mindset then it makes you want to keep playing because you're like i want that upgrade yeah and, and it kind of feels a little bit like mega man because like you defeat a guy and then you'll get a power up mm-hmm. from whatever person from your clan that you save from there like they'll give you a power up so it's kind of like defeating a robot and getting their power but different and also it's really weird to like move around for the metroidvania stuff because you go to like a tv uh, like a computer screen and you can like l- you can like warp to a different place that you've been to before you don't actually like turn around and go back, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. And it's not like a, there's not a map on your screen that you can look at. You can only look in this, you, you find these, these like computer screens sometimes that will take you back to the beginning of a level. And I was like, why would you want to do that? I was like, I guess maybe in case you missed any of the treasures, but now I guess if there's unlockable stuff that you have to go back and get, have you done any of that yet? I haven't, but I already know of a few spots that I want to go check out with new, you know, new abilities. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I, I mean, I'll stick with it, especially now that I know there's more stuff you can do. Cause I felt like it was like, I was like, well, this is kind of, that's kind of annoying. Cause I can't really do that much stuff. And even the stuff that I, like I said, even the stuff that I could do with the magic, I felt like I could only do it like five or six times and then it's gone. And I was like, eh, I can't build up. I can't build up a bunch of hearts like you would in Castlevania. And it's like, have you played a, have you played the classic mode on bloodstained yet, Jeremy? Cause you just got that. Did you try that okay. out? You mm-hmm. haven't tried it. I'll say whenever it, try it out. It's basically it's basically um, Castlevania, like old school Castlevania, mm-hmm. but with the bloodstained graphics, and it's pretty cool. It's all like NES, you know, where you just go through and there's like no. I mean, there's a map, you know, like the old Castlevania where you beat a level and it shows the map. And I beat like the first couple levels of it, like first couple bosses. But yeah, it's great if you want to play Castlevania with the. Bloodstained like graphics, of the moon or whatever. It is kind of yeah. It's like Curse of the Moon, but with the graphics of Bloodstained, mm-hmm. and made directly by Ega. So, it, I think it might have been like a Kickstarter edition thing that they were going to add, but it's cool. It's 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 a nice addition. You know, it gives you a reason to. If you're kind of frustrated with the regular game, just play classic mode. It's definitely makes it easier to get into it. I like the game so far. I just haven't had time to play it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's only it's, a lot of games. It's only been out for like two days, also. So. I mean, technically one day, but it's, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with it. I don't imagine it being that long, so I should, I mean, I could maybe even beat it by next week. I don't know if I want to make a challenge out of that, but I could maybe if I tried hard, <laughs> if I tried real hard. I mean, Jeremy could probably beat it by next week, I think. You're farther than I am. Yeah, I'm going to try to beat it, um, if nothing else, just because now I'm hooked on the upgrades. For sure, yeah. How do you guys think it compares to The Messenger? Uh, the messenger is uh, much better. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say the messenger's more quirky. This is really not trying to. I mean, it. 
it's a different it's a different thing. Like for me, it doesn't. It's kind of trying to have a story, but the story doesn't really feel that important. It's a real brief. Yeah, it's real brief. Like it's a revenge thing, I guess. You get attacked. You Uh get to save your guys. You're going up against a thing. I I would think the messenger is like a whole another level. Is what I think. I didn't think it was even close personally for me, but I haven't played it as long as you have. The music and I like the experience of it so far, but. If I went back and played Messenger, I would probably. It's been a long time, but I bet I would feel the same way as Trey that it's not as good. But they're different, I guess. Sort of. Messenger has like more has a lot more mechanics and and, and like right. specific things that it was doing that other games hadn't done before. You know, like with the with the time jump and stuff like that. To so me, this was, was really like because this was Yacht Club produced this, right? Yeah. So it's like it's just they like. Just like Shovel Knight was their take on Mega Man slash DuckTales, like Capcom games. This is their take on like, yeah, like um, the Konami games or the, uh, who made, who made the Ninja Gaiden games? I thought it was Technos, right? It's like. Technos. Yeah. Yeah. Technos. I'm seeing the logo in my mind right now. Yeah. Technos. Yeah. And it's so it, this just yeah yacht clubs maybe they just produced it I don't know if they made it from yeah I don't think they, yeah I don't think they made it particularly but it didn't it didn't grab me like Shovel Knight did though like Shovel Knight really grabbed me but I guess I think at the time when that came out I hadn't played a whole lot of Shovel indies Knight's more so, endearing yeah, yeah. than this like Shovel this is just yeah. a, this is just a cyber ninja like. We've seen this, like Strider did this first. Yeah, there's already been there's like 20 of them in NES days, yeah. Uh-huh. It didn't grab me. Like, like like Shovel Knight, when I started playing that, I'm like, oh, I love this game. And I played it until I beat it. You know, I didn't play anything else. I was just, it was just Shovel Knight. That's all I wanted to play. But also it was at a time where there wasn't a whole lot of indies. And I may be kind of a little tired of the NES stuff again. Not that, I mean, it's just... I feel like so many people do it, you know. So it doesn't do have that, that much special of, anymore. Doesn't that doesn't have much that appeal to me as it did before? But but I, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play the rest of it, especially now that there's stuff that I know that there's stuff in there that'll make it better to play. Mm-hmm. I actually liked I liked that other game more, the one that was weirder, the one with the, the weird one name. You got, the one, yeah, you got the key to. It's yeah. cool, but I don't know how to go to the second level. Like I know I beat the first level, and then now I'm just like, am I oh just, yeah, at the end of it. I can I can tell you how to do that. Um, so this game called the uh, Solus One Two Eight came out. I think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, a friend of ours, uh, Ryan Lowey from uh, Armor Games, he he sent us he sent us a preview code. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, thanks, said thank you. said that Nintendo May needed to take a look at it. So that's awesome that we have somebody who listened and wanted to wanted to have us check out this game. And I I remember I watched the trailer of it and I was really confused. I'm like I have no idea anything about this game whatsoever. And I think I yeah, feel so like, it has a, it has a minimal, minimalist approach. Oh yeah, but I think I, like yeah. Go ahead. I was saying I like that about it, but it's me too. and it's hard for me to even like explain what it is. I think which it just reminds me of a, like an art style game from like the yes, DS. true, yeah. sure, yeah. It, it's it's kind of like there's a and it almost kind of reminds me of. Do you remember that old like? And it's not even a Simpsons game, but it, but they put a Simpsons face on it. Do you remember Krusty's Funhouse for NES mm-hmm. and Super Nintendo? It kind of reminds me of that, you know, where like the mice are going through the thing and you have to set up things that make the mouse go from like point A to point B. That's kind of how this game is. There's like a laser thing moving and you have to find a way to get this laser thing from point A to point B by setting up reflectors and such that will Mm -hmm. point it to go through another thing, which will unlock a door at the end of the, 
square, which will take you to the next square. And for me, it almost kind of felt like you're like hacking or something, you know, or you're like right. building a circuit board within an arcade is what I thought of it. And it kind of reminded yeah. me of like Midwest Gaming Classic. Like it seemed like some sort of weird game that I would play there. So maybe there was a little bit of nostalgia in there for me, but I, I liked it. And I thought it was a really good podcast game. Because it has like the music's decent on it, but it gets repetitive like fairly early. You know, if you're in the if you're in the same area for a while, it does kind of feel it does get a little repetitive. So, so I would just play it like I you know I would listen to another podcast and play the game, and it worked really well for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, to your question as to how to get to the second level is basically the way the game you know you go from square to square to square to square until you get to this specific icon, which will do like a ripple effect. And it'll destroy like all of the um, it's like Roman numerals, whatever whatever you would call them. Like it's like a distortion, it's like a glitch in the system. Mm-hmm. Those little like uh, rainbow blocks that are in there, like where the color changes, and those will get destroyed. And then you go back into where you were, and you can go to the next thing. It's kind of like a Metroidvania almost. So in order for you to go to the second level, you have to go back right where you were, where you were, where you unlock that Roman Roman numeral thing, and it created a new pathway for you to go from there. So you'll continue on from where you just were, but now you can go to a different place because it got rid of the blocks that were keeping you from progressing is the way it works. So you're not really selecting a second second level. You're just going a different way that you can go before. And I I made it through like the first two things of that. And I was actually having a really good time with it, but it gets, they get, it gets complicated. It gets really complicated later, but I kind of love that about it too. It gets it gets to the point where you have to like hover your mouse thing over one of the reflectors to like turn it off so it'll go through at the right time and hit the right timing for there's these things where they're like two reflectors and they alternate depending on when you hit them and if they hit it one way they'll go down and if they hit it the other way they go up so sometimes you have to kind of time it to where it'll hit the right thing to where they both go the same way and you have two of them and there's this one where I had to have three lines like meet together so it would make a white line and it would also go diagonal. It's trippy, but it's cool. Like I, I really enjoy it. Like it's a fun, you know, it's a puzzler, you know, it's, it's a, it's a brain, it's a brain puzzler. And I've liked it for that. And it's super, super minimalistic. It seems like something that could run on Atari maybe, but not as well, not as well, you know, but I kind of like it. And it's really hard to sell yeah. that, you know, to people. It's definitely different much different than anything else that I've played on the Switch. But between this and Cyber Ninja, I was actually having more fun playing Soulless 128 because, I don't know, it wasn't I wasn't dying. I was just not knowing where to go. So I was yeah. just... And, and there it's also is, something kind of new and fresh. Yeah. And then they do, they do help you as well. Like if you're... You have, if you hit X or if you, uh, if you click on the question mark at the top, a little circle will appear and show you where you should put something. It won't tell you what you should put there. But it'll say like here, try putting something there. So there, there is a couple times where I got a hint, and sometimes I think you can only do like maybe two hints. But once you do one hint, there's like a waiting period before you can do another one. But it kind of reminded me a little bit of Circuit Dude too, kind of you know where you're going from like point A to point B mm-hmm. and trying to find a strategic right. way to do there and all do that and all that. Even though Circuit Dude kind of frustrated me more because I got stuck on that one way quicker than I did in this game. But it's yeah, it's a neat it's a neat little thing. I mean, it's uh, it's fourteen ninety nine. That might seem a little high for something like this, but who knows how many levels are in here? Like, I feel like this is one that's probably going to have a lot. So, right. So I, I say know. too that at the beginning, it's hard to get into because it doesn't really it doesn't tell you what the game is or what yeah. to do. Yeah, and when I got it, it you yeah. know, I, I didn't even read the eShop description. I just 
got it. You know, so I wanted to be surprised and approach the game on its own terms. It really doesn't have any sort of text or anything telling you what to do. It's just presenting you with these weird shapes and sounds and, mm. and just go. And so it can be a little bit frustrating to get into, but once you get it, you get it. So I say, stick with it. If people get it, you know, stick with it. And after about 15 minutes or so, it'll click. Yeah. You definitely have to, it's not going to tell you how to do it, but you, you learn by progressing to the next thing. You know, it's like the old good tutorial, you know, like Mario one, where it's like, you don't know, you don't know whether the Scoomba will kill you, but it will if you go this way. So now you have to kill it. And that's, and it's kind of like that. You have to figure out what to do to go to the next thing. And that's kind of how it teaches you. But yeah, no, there's no tutorial. There's no story. But I kind of like that about it. I like how it's just minimal. And I don't know what it is. When I was playing it, you know, I was playing it silent because I was listening to a podcast. But I also listened to music, too, at some point. But in my head, it had the music from Bit Trip Beat is what I kept, what I felt like it would sound like in the game. I don't know why. Maybe because of the balls, like the balls in the line or like the way the laser goes. Kind of reminds me of like the way the laser would go in Bit Trip Beat. So I always had the song from that going through my head. And maybe it's like the beat too, because it, some of them, it goes like one, one. It has like a rhythm to it, like the way the laser goes, you know? But it's, yeah, it's, I found it really interesting. It's, if you want to, if, if you want to play something that feels like it could be an old arcade from like the seventies or something, that's kind of what Almost I got. It's like this. Uh, pipe, pipe dreams in a way, not quite, but in a way, because you're like advancing like a, a liquid. I guess it's a laser, but it's almost like a liquid from point A to point B. Sure. Getting it through certain places by manipulating its uh, its direction that it moves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I was saying, like with the Krusty's Funhouse, it's one thing is kind of moving on its own, and you're just putting things in front of it to make it go a different way. And I guess I, I played the crap out of Krusty's Funhouse on NES, so I, I, I like games like that. So it was it made sense to me. And it was one of those things where I'm just kind of like, you know, you, you like you're trying to figure it out, and then like, next thing you know, you've spent like a few hours playing it. I'm like, oh, okay. It kind of just like sucked me in, you know, and I just kept playing it. So it's cool, and you're building, yeah, you're building like this big picture of all of these stuff that you do. And there was one that I did where you build a pathway for like a for a laser to go through, and then you come back and dismantle all of that pathway to build a different pathway. Like this is really cool stuff in there, like that. You know, where you undo everything that you did to build it on a different side because with the because the reason you're having this go through you don't need it anymore. And there's a lot of things like that where you only use the laser just to open the door to have you look in the next room but you won't actually need that laser to be in that room. So you can go back and dismantle what you did with that and build a different pathway to do a different thing. And a lot of times when I got stuck in the game that was why it was because I needed to just just look at it at a different from a different like point of view and I was like, "Okay, no." I need to focus on this other laser, not this one. And that's how I got through. And I th- I think that's cool. It's 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 calming to me, I guess, to play something like that that's not really that's not like fast paced and over the top and it's just very like simple mind game stuff. So I approve of it. But I think that's all I got for me. You yeah, know? I want to go back to Solus and give it a little bit more time. Um I only played it the one time and and like I said I could I couldn't figure out how to, how to advance, and then all of a sudden I'm back in the beginning of the level again. I'm like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I got to play this a little more, but I liked what I played so far. It's definitely worth paying attention to your like surroundings to, to see if there's like those little reflectors like hidden, because they try to like kind of hide them sometimes. You just got to find them and lay them out. Also, sometimes you think you know the obvious way to make the beam move, and it's totally wrong. 
they want you to to go in this weird convoluted way. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, yeah. Sometimes you gotta just you gotta try to look at it a different way because you may try. To, yeah, you may try to be getting this one to go a certain way, but that's not gonna work. You gotta do do a different one, and mm-hmm. that's why it helps to sometimes that you can get that hint if you want it. You know, and it's just a small hint, but sometimes it'll help you. And there were a lot of times where I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna quit, and then I'm like, no, wait a second. And then I think of a thing, and I'd be like, all right. And then I then I go send it another way, and I'm like, all right, well there it is. So it's kind of it's just kind of fun to tinker with because you're not really you're not really punished for doing it wrong. Like there's no way to die, you know. So it's kind of like that, kind of like that Zen gameplay thing, you know, where it's just you you won't die, you just won't progress. So I kind of like that. It's it's, it's soothing. Okay, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about the rest of Jeremy's stuff, and we'll be right back. So we will see you then. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Wow! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over. back 
back from the break here talk about more stuff what do you got jeremy what do you got left here well mostly what i've been playing has been cyber shadow and i played some solace and of course i played the bale and wonderland demo a little bit today but otherwise this has been a pretty uh i mean i've played games but i haven't played games as much as i would have normally liked to because I, this week i decided i was going to throw my hat into the ring and try to make a, a podcast and sean and i have had some ideas that we've thrown around for the past we're close to two years now because you know when we started hanging out i was already doing this podcast and she was already had youtube stuff she was doing so we've talked about collaborating for a while and we finally did a podcast so this week i've just been kind of learning how to edit podcasts and all that stuff and it's cut into my gaming time a lot but well, what, you, you gotta get. I don't know how you do it, Trey. I don't know how you edit multiple podcasts. I'll say you gotta get. You gotta get good enough games. to where you can play games and edit at the same time. What? Which I can do sometimes. It it oh, ha- it depends. It depends on what the game is. It has to be a specific game. It has to be something like Solus that it's like super chill and you can just set down the system whenever you want to change something and then just come back to it. It is. I I found that Animal Crossing was a really easy one to play while I was editing because I don't really have to. I don't have no to pause. I don't have to pause it or anything. Like if I just if I just set the, it helps for me, for me something that I can just set down the controller and nothing's going to happen. You know, so I would like I'll have like the laptop on my like like on my lap and then I'll I'll be and then I'll have like the switch like on top of the laptop and I'll be listening to it and then I'll hear something that I want to change and then I just set the switch like down here like on my like on my chest and then I just go and then do my thing and then I go back to doing whatever on the switch. That's how that's how I do it. So. It has to be something that you can pause whenever you want and that you can quickly just jump to whatever you're doing. So it's hard to do stuff like it's hard to play like racing games or wrestling or something like that where it's you know, where we, where you might be in the middle of something. Like I thought about trying to play Tony Hawk and and edit, but I'm like, if I'm in the middle of a trick, I'm not gonna be able to stop it and then I'm gonna forget where the part was that I wanted to change and it just won't work right. So only certain things work with it. But yeah, welcome to the world of editing. Did it take you a long time to get through it? It did. It took me probably, I would say, four or five hours just to edit the audio itself. And then another, at least another hour or two to, to do all the like the audio clips and stuff. But I guess also including the time spent watching the show, we watched it twice and took notes twice. And you know, just the research part of it, too, is, is a huge part of it. But I'm pretty proud of what we came up with at the end. And it's nice. It's just under an hour, you know, it's a, it's a decent length, but it's also not too long, I think. And you basically could just watch. So I, I didn't even mention what it's about. It's about uh, the show Dinosaurs, which will have just premiered on Disney Plus as of the time this episode goes live. So see, I didn't even I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was coming to Disney Plus. The only thing yeah. I've been waiting for on the 20th because 29th is Friday, right? I'm just waiting yeah. for a WandaVision episode four comes out on the 29th. That's what I'm. That's it's just it's for. a show she and I had talked about doing something about at some point just because it's about, it's literally about the world ending for the dinosaurs and um, it's just really interesting to see in the early nineties what they kind of predicted was going to be the end of modern civilization because it's definitely an analogous in that regard in its presentation so I don't know there's as dumb as the show is there's a lot to a lot of fun stuff to like speculate on and. What and sort of seeing like those those grotesque puppets and how they use them to convey like an average American family. It's pretty funny. From, from what show I was pretty yeah. like unique and ahead of its time. You know, I think still so. I think not really another show that can compare to it in terms of what it was trying to do and the quality that they were able to pull off. You know, um, like having these 
animatronic puppets in a sitcom. Yes. It's expensive. In 1990, I think it was made. 90 or 91 was, yeah, when it aired, but I think it started uh, production. In probably, 90. yeah. Probably created suits and stuff. Right. It was one of my most vivid TV watching memories from childhood because it just seemed like well, I knew who Jim Henson was at that point. And Jim Henson made a lot of stuff for geared towards kids, but this was something that was geared toward everybody. And it was on TGIF, which was the hot spot to be on a Friday night as a kid. <laughs> so it was, was, it was it? a big deal. Well, I guess it, it was. was, I guess it was in the name. This a TGIF, you know, that's uh they originally were pitching it to CBS, but I guess, yeah, ABC ended up picking it up. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, don't have to get too much into it, but if you are interested, check it out. It's called uh, Dinosaurs AD because we're trying to bring dinosaurs into the, the current generation. And uh, right now it's only on YouTube. So if you want to check it out, go to The Shawnanigans, which is my partner's YouTube channel, T-H-E-S-H-A-U-N-A-N-I-G-A-N-S, all one word. And that's the YouTube channel, and you can find it. So we put episode one there, and then we plan on having it hosted in a more traditional way in the future. But we just wanted to have the first episode up for when the uh, when it debuts on Disney Plus. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put the first episode on this feed, so cool. everybody who's just following this will be able to hear it. It will probably go up over the weekend after this episode, so would be yeah. where I would guess. Yeah. Probably dipping my toe into that. I've yeah. been talking about it for years, and I finally gave it gave it a shot. So it was a fun thing to do. But in the meantime, I've been playing a lot of Jackbox. We played a few times with friends this week when we were just hanging out. Like it's just a it's just a fun thing to do while you hang out. And we've talked about it so much on this podcast. I don't probably need to get it. It was on your game of the year list. Seven was so. It's just so fun to like have something to do while you're talking and. And yeah, as we've said before, like what would normally be a distraction, the phone is like integral to your like socialization. So it's pretty cool. You need it. So you can't, you can't go tweeting while you're playing or anything. You have to, you have to pay attention to what's happening on your phone. Can't do other things. I uh, was kind of excited because I thought I would finally be able to see how long I played the wrestling empire demo, but I guess it doesn't show a time for maybe not any demo. I don't know. I never knew that, but. It doesn't show how long I've played the Wrestling Empire demo on my history. Yeah, it doesn't even it doesn't even show up as a game. Like it doesn't like it it wouldn't it wouldn't show me that you played it or like that either you guys played it. So I guess some demos just won't show up. Or maybe all other demos show up. Yeah, you know that 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 you've played them. But yeah, that's weird. Maybe the wrestling one doesn't. I'm going to buy this game. Mark my words. I'm going to buy it eventually. I just I play the demo a lot. Like, Has it gotten in your head? You you wanna you wanna be a wrestler? It's a fun demo. Yeah. The How long do you think so you played fun. it? I've played it at least three hours, maybe four, I would guess. Just like going through and just goofing off and I've seen matches that I played when I was first learning how to play it that went on like forty something minutes. So yeah. yeah you at that point, yeah. Five hours. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. I was a little disappointed about that, but I, yeah, I'm going to get that game eventually, and then I'll have a, le- a less informed opinion and more just for me. It would just be like remembering playing wrestling games with my friends back in the day when they were like super excited about it. I'm thinking like Mark Edsel, which was Trey's old roommate. Like I remember playing wrestling games with him back in the day, and he'd be like, 
that was cool you did that and i would just be like i don't know what i did <laughs> yeah you know like i don't somehow remember, yeah. I would do like a cool move or whatever i don't remember ever playing that game with mark i'm sure i did i don't i was playing some playstation yeah. game with him one time it didn't seem like the same thing i don't remember mark playing that stuff oh no i guess mark and i we did play we played the mystical ninja the second game oh yeah and mark used to play was big into mario party we played a lot of mario party together so yeah. i take that back because we used to play 50 round mario parties which is like the longest amount of rounds that you can play and 50 round games are interesting because it's like three games in one game so what you would normally think would happen at the end of a mario party game happens multiple times so if you really if you were really a fan you'd do a 50 hour game because yeah, kind of it's it's interesting. Because normally you only and do your like victory really means something. Jeez, well, that's an well, investment. Well, normally you only do like ten or twenty rounds, but if you do fifty, it feels like you've played three games. So when you thought that one game was going to end, it keeps going. So like there's more, you know, there's there's more there's like there's like the first climax, but then there's like another, you know, it's like it's like a seven act play or whatever. It just keeps going. The the story of your Mario Party game is so it's. It could be fun. Like, I had a lot of fun playing long Mario Party games with him. It was cool. So, yeah, I, re- I remember that. So, I'm sure we played wrestling at some point, too, because I played a lot of that. I mean, Revenge came out when I was in college, when we were all in college together. So, it was that was the game. I just wish it had online. Like, that, I would have already bought it if you and I could have played it together. So, that's a, that's a bummer, but I still think that I've played the demo enough that it might be time to support the creator at this point. And then I'll also get a do a little more otherwise as far as games are concerned the big thing i went back to this week and i literally only played it today but i still feel proud that i finally got it out and i did ring fit for a while and i did my custom workout that i made which takes about 15 minutes it's not a very long one but um it's mostly focused on like squats and ab stuff because that's uh. what i I hate That's what well, I wanted to do. Yeah, I hate squats so much. I, I had to. There's st- some arm stuff in there too. I had to stop. I had to stop doing squats because I got so hurt doing it. And I was doing like last week. It's not even a squat. It's not even a squat exercise. But I had to take it out of my thing because it hurt me. But it's like one where you like do the seat, the chair pose, where you like half mm-hmm. squat and you like hold the the arm thing up and you move it up and down. That part's fine. But like doing the half squat. Fucked up my knee, so again, so I just completely took it out of my workout. Oh, I was feeling those squats today, and I was telling yeah. Sean, I was like, "Oh my god, like the squats hurt so much!" Yeah. Like, because I think I've put on weight since I played Ring Fit last. Yeah, so it's like I'm literally squatting more. Like my my legs are supporting more mass than they were last time I played. So, yeah, it's uh, do the, it's do, hard. Yeah. It's hard to get back into exercise, but it it felt good to do it today, and I was like, I should just do this for 15 minutes a day and like if nothing else this will just be a a catalyst to hopefully exercise a bit more once it gets nicer out maybe go get back into running or something yeah right i think whenever i fall off or or whenever it gets maybe three times more like i think whenever i fall off it takes me like three times to get back into it after the third time it's like no okay now i want to do it now i want to keep doing it yeah i do it for a while yep there's there's like genuine endorphins that I get from it that I don't get from other stuff. Like I get the same endorphins from exercise as I do from like completing a task in my house that mm-hmm. I've been putting off for a while. Like or like and maybe that yeah. won't maybe that won't continue to be a thing if I get into a routine. But for now, it feels nice. It's like oh, I just finally changed that light bulb. It's like that same like boop that little yeah. like light bulb that goes off in my brain. That's like 
hey, you exercise. You finally played Ring Fit for the first Makes time. Makes you feel better, yeah. Or it's like, hey, you, you finished a podcast. You, you got your podcast That done. too, yeah. I've had that. Yeah. It's been helping me out this week, yeah. too. You should definitely, I mean, you should try the ab workout that they have on there just for the fun of it because it's, uh, it's like four or five ab exercises one after another. Yeah, I haven't checked out any of their like, – Try their pre-made like, ones. Pre-built yeah. <laughs> ones. I've only like done the one I built. And I kind of built that because there's two like level – like two adventure levels in there too because I was kind of wanting to still get the, the, the running in place and all that sure. shit that they threw in there, the mixed. Because like the very last level – the second to last level is called like intense something or another. I don't know, but it's very ab focused. Mm. It's one where you have to do the, um, where you're uh, rowing the boat down yeah. the river and up <laughs> yeah. the river. Mm. And stuff. So that's one of the ones I have. And then the very last thing I have is a uh, jump up superstar. It's just like a music level. So I like, it's like, let's end it with a music level. That'll be fun because it mixes it up and I still do some squats and stuff, but I'm also like, Kind of cooling down yeah. at the same time. Try to do it at least like once a week. Like make sure you don't just do it like once a week, like all the time. Like don't let it ever not be a week and then just build up from there. That's how I've been doing it. We did we did it like once a week for like two weeks and now we do it two times a week. And we we're going to try to do that for another week and then maybe do like three times a week and see where it goes from there. And I might even get, I might, up in, might even end up getting Just Dance just to vary it a little bit. Because that game seems to be on sale a lot. And, I, and there's a demo of it. I want to play the demo. Sean has been playing Just Dance on the Wii. Yeah, because I've heard people really like it. Yeah. And she puts, uh, do- she has weights that she puts on her ankles when she plays to like make it extra. Make it more yeah, more make, it, make it work more. So Even if it's not on sale, you can just find an older version of it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I want I want it on Switch. I don't, want, I don't want a Wii version, you know. That would just make you it. You get the subscription. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, could ju- I could buy an older version for Wii. I just don't want to play it on that. Because it's not as easy to... I mean, I guess I could. I do have a Wii hooked up in the living room, so I was making excuses. I just wanted to play the newest one because it would have... I heard that... Well, I heard the newest version has uh, that song on it that Jeremy told me about. And it's... uh, No, no, no. It's an old song that's really good by the guy who wrote uh, the Millie Vanilli songs. Oh, Boney M. Yeah, yeah. That's Uh, on... Rasputin. Yeah, Rasputin's on there. Yeah, is on like the newest one, and I'm like, I want to dance mm-hmm. to that song. That song's badass. It was on our, it was on our uh, reception playlist. It was in the wedding, even. It made mm-hmm. that much of an impact that it made it into the wedding. So, <laughs> there you go. Don't don't think that I had never listened to you because because Rasputin made it in, <laughs> made it into the <laughs> wedding playlist. It's an awesome song. And I really watched it. We watched that MBC, MGC, right? We did watch it. Yeah, when we just watched videos on YouTube and we were all drunk after we closed the bar down. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was fun, but yeah, no. There's there's old there's stuff like that in there too. You know, I'm not trying to play, uh, whoever whatever her name is, um, Billie Eilish. I'm like Billy. I'm like Billy Idol. Billy Holiday. No, <laughs> too many Billies in my head. I don't want to play the new stuff. I just I'm interested, but I, I have to try the demo. I've had the demo forever and I haven't played it. But I was also able to download like a demo for like fitness boxing and this other Japanese one because there's all these more more uh, stuff on the eShop. So yeah, but Ring Fit. Stick with it. It's fun. I will say, I mean, it's just like a renewed surprise that it really does wear me out. That little, I don't know, just how they do it with the force feedback and the and the, the resistance. And even when you're like doing that bow and arrow, like you're kind of like fighting yourself. You're not fighting the mm-hmm. actual spring of the, of the thing. I just think it's really great how they, I just, it's a really neat little package they've done with this one little 
circle and a little thing you strap to your leg, which was another thing I I had to search for about ten minutes to find the uh, the strap the leg part. It was like mm-hmm. in a different spot in my house. Oh, put it put it um, on put it on your ring. That's what that's what I do. I, I stick it on the ring. That's where it is now. Yeah, yeah. So they're together, so you can't lose one. I just, stra- just strap, strap it onto the, the ring. ring next to the TV because I'm, I'm going to exercise in the living room where there's more yeah. space and I don't have to worry about hitting the ceiling fan with my hands. Yeah, I put I put it on the ring and I put it behind the TV so that's I can and and I have a yoga mat there that it's on top of so it's all they're all together so that's how I find. And then I guess the last thing was I mentioned it it was either the beginning of December or the end of November I don't know when I would have mentioned it on the show but I had ordered something from Supergiant and since then Trey had ordered me the soundtrack to Hades and I've received it since. So cool. that's happened since I originally ordered a t-shirt from Supergiant in late November. Yeah. I never received any, the email that I got, the confirmation email said, you know, we'll send you an, we'll send you an update when your item ships. And I never even received that. So finally about two weeks ago, I was just like, well, you know, it's been almost two months. Well, at this point, it had been, yeah, close to it. All right, a month and a half. And I was like, hey, I, you know, I'm just checking in. This isn't that big of a deal. You know, I'm just trying to be as nice as possible about it. But I never even received an update, and I haven't received my item. And then I didn't hear from them for a couple of weeks. So I was just like, hmm, what's going to happen here? Well, today, they finally got back with me, and they were like, oh, yeah, your item probably got lost. They're just like, your item probably got lost. So, but uh, the customer service person or whomever it is, the mail order person was just like, we'll ship out your item. We'll ship your item out again tomorrow. So supposedly I'm still getting my t-shirt and I don't have to worry about it. But I just thought that was really cool that that rather than extend the correspondence, she was just like, we're shipping it out tomorrow. Like the the problem is solved. Yeah. Must have been happening. I mean, yeah, I don't know what happened, mess up but I, uh-huh, what's been going yeah. on, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I was just trying my best to, like, not be, seem pissed off about it because, you know, I think I even said in the original email, I was like, I know there's a lot of, like, issues with mail, and, and uh, especially since I ordered it, like, during the holiday season, you know, I'm not in any hurry to get the item. I just want to make sure that I'm corresponding with you if I need to, if something's going on. So it was the right decision to reach out to them because I'm going to get it after all. I hope it's just a t-shirt, but it's so cool. You paid for it. Yeah. I want my Hades shirt. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you bought it. It's, and you wanted it. And yeah, I've paid for it. At least it wasn't like one of those cases where they ran out of it, you know, where like you ordered it and, and then you didn't get it. And it's like, Oh, we don't have it anymore. Like I, I had something like that happen to Jess and it like, really broke her heart because it was like this Totoro shirt that you can't, that it was, there was limited supply and we mm-hmm. ordered it and it didn't come here. And now that you can't get it anymore because it's sold out. It was just, you could only order oh, it yeah. that one time because it was limited. So. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't gone to their website to see if you can still order that t-shirt, but yeah, hopefully I get it next week. So that's pretty much it for me this week. All right. Agent 47, put on some, yes, clo- put on some clothes and confuse me or something. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a week since uh, I've, I've I saw that you're like you're like on there like a you're like a full blown gamer all of a sudden you're like 24 hours a day Hitman three from what I've seen on uh, <laughs> on John's feed you've been you've been playing late playing been late playing night. late yes playing yes, almost as late game. playing almost as late as I have 
you know? This game got me. <laughs> yeah. So that. I've had it for a week. That means I don't have the total official play time yet, but yeah. I guarantee it's over 20 hours. Sure. It looks like it looked like you're hit playing that a lot, like a, till like three in the morning your time probably almost. Oh sure, yeah. There's yeah. a couple times where I was like playing it, and I tried to go to bed, and I'm like, nope. I got back up and started playing it again. It, so, would, it wouldn't leave your mind alone. You just kept thinking. Would not about leave it. my life. No, this game, um, it's fantastic. Like this is this is going to be in my top three for sure for the year. Spoilers, Spoilers. but it's just, yeah. it's, it's that good. And so I want to talk a little bit about the story. So if you haven't played any of the other games before, which I I haven't played any of the recent Hitman trilogy before. It's no problem because the game catches you up at the beginning. There's like a previously on segment. Uh, so that that takes care of that. And so if you have any hesitation about it because of that, just go ahead and jump in and, and get it, I think. Essentially, the story is that you were created by this evil corporation called Providence to do their bidding as the world's top assassin. And now you're out to end them. That's all you really need to know. Hmm. About this game, the locations in this game are the stars. It's not really Agent 47. It's all about the locations. Like I have the feeling that they, the developers asked themselves, uh, what would some places, what would be some places that were, would be fun to just sneak around in? And then they designed the game around that and the story. Uh, and all six levels are, are great. I would say at least two of them are excellent. And one is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and uh, just uh, before you get into more of it, sure. you haven't had any problems with the cloud because this is the cloud version. On Switch. This is the cloud version, yeah. yeah. So I've got the cloud version, and I would say I would probably be a really good person to to judge cloud games on because I have terrible internet, yeah. absolutely terrible yeah. internet. You've complained about your internet before. Yeah, and it, I remember it used to go out on the show. Um, it's got a little bit better. You know, yeah, you, record you, over Zoom and everything. You you like disappeared that one time when we had a right. We had Corey and Ed on. It was you just became a ghost and just could not connect to the. That was a way earlier episode, but yeah, you like just became a phantom and you were, you were, you were gone for the rest of the show. It was, right. like, it was like we were trying to connect to the other side and it just didn't work. <laughs> you were in the upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Or anytime that we play, we try to do like streaming with all three of us and we're trying to communicate over zoom. Like I can't do it. I got to can't talk and play out another way. Yeah. Cause there's just too much. It overloads my internet. All that to say that um, the game runs well, yeah. even on my terrible internet. It'll hiccup every, I would say, 10 minutes. We're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm playing a cloud game. Sure. Just a little quick hiccup, whatever. It, it, and it, the, oh, about ahead. every 45 to 90 minutes, it'll cut off, which is unfortunate. But I always get enough time to like get into the game and enjoy it mm-hmm. before, before it disconnects. And so I'm not frustrated. I, I don't, I've never been really frustrated by the time that it happens and sometimes in fact i'm thankful because as you said i'm playing it all the time and it's just like nice to it's like somebody tell me all right enough john you know yeah. like take a break for like a second. they're, they're yeah. pulling the switches over there at, at the developer like this guy and you I'm don't off. you're not like losing this does any, like auto, this does like auto save like on multiple levels too right? yeah you could say you're not you're yes. not like losing any progress if some reason it cuts does it like are you saying it cuts you off like it takes you back into the menu you can almost rewind, right? Or does it just rewind. stop for a minute and then start again? Like how how bad does it cut? Does it completely cut you? Because because like uh for control the control cloud that I have, mm-hmm. if you put your system to sleep for like a couple minutes, it'll take you back to the main menu. Like if it's not right. if it's asleep too long and it and it loses a connection, it will just take you back to the beginning. Like the same thing that 
Mortal Kombat 11 would do because it wanted you to be online for some reason all the time. Does it do that? Yeah, it just takes it you just, back. Yeah. It takes you back to the main menu. Okay, yeah. So and it and yes, it does do. It does have an auto save, which is really thorough and useful. It'll auto save. It's not at regular intervals, but it's about between like five to eight minutes. Hmm. And it even tells you on the on the save. There's a picture of where you were, okay. and then it says the time on there, so you know which one. So you know how much time you've, the one you that, missed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you know, like okay, the last one I was playing was this one because there's the time. Were you able to make the camera angles less sluggish? Were you able to speed them up at all, or or did you not notice that? Like the the turn, the turning on the oh, the turning, yeah. So I, I mentioned previously on the show, I think there was like like I, I tested with hitting the camera sticks to try and see how what the delay was, and I don't know, maybe I was just kind of looking for it at that point. When I really get into the game, like it's it, it's not really there. You just adapt like, to it. Yeah, I just felt yeah. like it was really slow. I just felt like the turning speed was really slow for me. Mm. But I mean, I, it, they should let you speed it up in the options. Most games do. I was just, you know, I thought it, it felt slower than most. And then I played Control, and Control felt more responsive. So I don't know. But that yeah, was so just, I thought, that was just the demo. I'd mentioned I thought that there was an eighth of a second delay, and I, I just think I was really looking for it. And it, so I'm not bothered by it when I get into the game and when it's running smoothly, which is most of the time, it's just fine. So. The cloud issues are not for not, not a problem for me. Oh, the, the other thing I was going to say was that when the game cuts out, I'm confident that the issues are on my end because the game gives you different messages depending on what's going on. Oh, sure. It'll tell you at one point, okay, either the the server is overloaded and so we're going to slow down your performance or it'll say that your internet is too slow and you even have a little like on a cell phone, the, the bars, it'll tell you yeah, this yeah. Is what your speed is like. Mm-hmm. So most of the time it's my fault and they even tell me. So if you have any qualms about your internet performance, one, give it a try on the demo Two, go on my experience. I have terrible internet and I feel it runs fine. So um, as for the game itself, another quick thing is I'm I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how little of a download space it takes. It only takes up like what, like 80 gigs or or not 80 gigs, like, like a hundred megabytes or something like that. It's so fucking tiny. Like, I didn't look uh, into it. Like, uh, well, because control, same thing. I think it control is only like 200 megabytes because it's cloud. So you're not really downloading anything, I guess. And it takes up like no mm-hmm. memory space. You're just hosting the save file, probably. Maybe not even that. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really small. And I noticed like even what I downloaded, because you don't really download anything when you pay to unlock it, it just unlocks. So what right. I think, what, what I think I've downloaded for the, Hitman is like 80 megabytes. It's like so small. It's like smaller than like any of the, of the other games I have. It's so tiny because it doesn't really, you know, it, you don't, because it's not, it doesn't play natively. So it's, yeah, it just amazes me like how small, how it's like takes up no, nothing of your hard drive and then it's just working. Isn't there an offline mode on Hitman? That's what it, what I don't get. How yeah. does that so happen? I didn't understand that at first too, I, either. So there is an offline mode. But I think their communication around what that is on the Switch version could be better. They're talking about, like, say you're playing it on PS4. You can play offline to where your scores aren't uploaded. And, yeah. you know, it's not um, putting you on any leaderboard, leaderboards or anything like that. Okay. So it's offline mode. And they call it offline mode even in this cloud version, which is confusing because you have to be online to play it. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, wait, yeah. does this play, like, great in portable mode with no internet? Right, no, no. On the Switch version, even though they use the same verbiage offline, it has to be. You online, definitely have yeah. to. Play, it has to be online. Yeah, there's yeah. no way it could. That said, 
because in the switch version yeah. you can still even switch to offline mode like so you're not uploading your scores sure right so it just gets confusing in that way i thought the same for a little while i was like oh i can play it you know, wherever i want but no it's not true do you think this game represents for you like how do you feel about like consoles going the way the buffalo like is this feeling like that could be a possibility it feels it feels like it is it feels like it could be you know because i've never had a good cloud gaming experience both of you have at this point and i still have it yeah control control works good i was actually really surprised by how well it worked i think the graphics look kind of smudgy but i think that's just the way it looks and it really bothers me because i tried playing it again and i'm like why does it have to look like they just threw dirt all over it i don't know i think that's part of the idea of the game but I just wish it looked cleaner. But if, but as far as like play control, it's fine. Yeah. But I, there are we, points when this game gets a little, I guess, smudgy, or you can see, okay, it's a little pixelated hmm. because of the they're that, that that happens specifically when they even tell you, hey, we're going to downgrade because our servers are overloaded. Sure. So if you can look past that, which I totally can, you know, it's it's not a big deal. As long as it doesn't look like a Sega Saturn FMV or something like that, you no, yeah, yeah, fine. or a Sega CD FMV, even worse. Like sewer sharks, thing- whatever that was on. Sega CD, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like how small the Switch is already, and this is a console that's approaching a four-year-old life. You know, it's been around for four years, and it was already kind of, you know, Nintendo always builds. They haven't been very cutting edge for a while with their components. So how do you see, like, it may be soon that it is literally just a stick you plug into an HDMI port that can handle... You mean like, like, like Stadia, like Stadia, right? Stadia. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean Stadia, but even Stadia's like... Stadia's a uh, controller, right? Pretty much. Or well, it, it, I don't it, know it, if it was Roku or... It no, can it go a, through uh, a Chromecast. It was Fire, Amazon Fire that did a game mm-hmm. service. Yeah. Oh, yeah, through, they've done them. Yep. Through the stick, yeah. Like, I think it's totally possible. Do you think that could replace yeah. the console? I think so, yeah. I, I mean, Stadia thought that it would, right? That, wasn't that kind of how they were advertising it? But we were all, like, skeptical because... I mean, I've been trying online services since... Uh, the streaming things is on live. Oh, I remember like way back yeah. in the day, like 20, 2007, right. maybe. I remember you telling me when I was trying that. Yeah. I remember you telling me about it, Jeremy, me just not believing yeah. it. I'm like, no, that's not possible. That couldn't happen. You're like, no, yeah, no, you I play it. it back then no, too. You're like, no, you play it online and it makes your, it makes your computer better. And I'm like, no way. I just didn't believe it. But this was probably like, this is probably like 20 years ago or something when I heard about it. I, I mean, like, I know no, I was, I had it when I lived yeah, it had to have been at the latest 2007. I think it was on live that you were talking about. I mean, but I said the same thing about the coronavirus and look where we are now. So, I but mean, I guess it's obviously I don't know shit later, like, about about predictions. But yeah, don't know shit. I think they're it making it work here. Like- and the only thing that um, would hold it back, I think, is just people got to get more access to broadband and faster broadband. Yeah, yeah that, that's about it. Yeah, you know, it's not a flawless experience, even from what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I'm looking past some of the hiccups and things like that. And certainly, you know, the game cutting me off every 45 to 90 minutes, not ideal. So I think the, when, when it gets to the point where someone with the worst internet, um, can you know, still do it. worst yeah. broadband like myself, you know, can get through a whole play session without any hiccups or problems. Like that's, that's where it's, that's when it's going to happen, but I can it's definitely awesome. see that it's going to happen. Yeah. It's got, it's gotta be, clo- it's gotta be close if you could make it all the way through, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's you, you don't need that much to get it to go. You know, Mm-mm. I mean, I could almost play. I mean, I was almost able to play control like in a parking lot through like an Xfinity <laughs> signal or whatever. 
you know, I, I was able to play like a few seconds of it and it looked cool. So I don't know. Hopefully they'll keep doing it in the future with future titles and there'll be something that you want to play, Jeremy, and then you can have one, have a good experience with it. You know, we, we both have had one and maybe like, I don't know, Resident Evil Village or something like that if they put that out on Switch, which yeah. it's weird because they put, oh, yeah. well, Seven is on Switch in Japan, but I can't play it on the Japanese one because right. of not being in the country, which is unfortunate because... Yeah, because Control played so well. I was like, well, what about fucking Resident Evil? And that's like, nope. They're like, bullshit. So, yeah, I don't know. But I, I would like to see more people use it, especially since, you know, the Switch is now two generations behind instead of just one. So we need a, <laughs> we need we need that to keep it keep it afloat, you know, I think with the newer stuff. So really but It makes helps. a lot of sense for the manufacturers, too, just because, you know, if Nintendo only has to make, you know, a good controller, a good interface, and doesn't yeah. have to pay for developing a system to get their games out you know that's that's great and they don't have to make software either which is like kind of trying to go away as well but no physical release you know because this doesn't play natively which i guess a lot of people were angry about but you know for me i don't care it's like the game is and i guess you only own the game until like it's gone away but that's so i did i mean i did want to bring anything until it's gone away yeah (laughs) because like the debate of uh, physical versus digital is getting into a weird territory, not weird territory, but like the debates becoming less, you know, binary because even only owning a physical game nowadays doesn't mean you have the full game like available to you. Like, yeah. Cause parts of it are missing. Well, yeah, I've, I've yeah. owned, I own multiple games that I bought where it's like, you can't play this until you download all this extra shit. So yeah. it's well, literally just a pass key to download it. So, this is just like considering the file size, it's like, damn, like this is a full triple A game and you have a hundred megabytes or whatever. And yeah. It's just for you to access the service. Like for real though, you paid like the full price. Like how, what's your guarantee on how long you can play this? Hopefully until the switch it's hopefully for the next like three years or however long they're going to keep the switch going, you know? And I would hope that whatever the Switch Pro, Switch 2 would, you know, exist in the same, like with the same account and you could maybe bring your games over and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I would think, I would hope that they would borrow what, like, PlayStation 5 and Xbox, whatever it's called, is doing, where they let you... Hitman? Is that Ubisoft? Where you upgrade your... uh, No, it wasn't Ubisoft. It's like IO. IO Interactive. Yeah. Oh, IO. Yeah, it's not Ubisoft. But uh, I mean, it, from what I've seen that like the other systems are doing, they should let you do the same thing where you can just bring all your stuff to the next system. And as long as whoever's make it is keeping this going, then you'll right. be able to play it for however long. You know, all they have to do is make the streaming player on the next thing, which I guess that wouldn't take as much as porting a, a whole game over. Sure, but yeah. it should be able. They should be able to play the other stuff, which would be nice. They should. Take- they just need to create like a robot that can stand there and maintain the servers. Yeah, well, that's yeah. You need a team for that, but I mean, I like they seem like they're pretty dedicated to it. They're sticking around. Uh, I O Interactive. I guess they're working on a James Bond game too, using the Hitman. Oh, and I'm so excited for that. After which I this. saw. That's like, cool. You know, yeah, perfect. It's a, a perfect marriage between the developer and the and the property. I think. Well, and it's like, like I, I can imagine anybody better to make a James Bond game. And spy missions and stuff, you know, like which right. is he's supposed to be a spy, you know. So I would. I'm interested in that for sure. And then in, 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 in trying that out, but continue on. You, I know you have a lot to talk about on this. 
Well, I wanted to talk about the locations, which I think are just like some of the best design levels that I've that I've played recently. And one of them, as I said, is a masterpiece that I think warrants uh, playing the game just for that level. Um, I advise against looking too much online into what the levels are, because part of the fun for me was discovering them as I played. And just getting that opening cinematic of each level to be like, oh, I get to hide around and, and wander around in this. Like, this is like, it, it's a fun surprise. So save it for the game. Uh, the first two levels, I'll talk about those because those are in a lot of the marketing. And so they're kind of already out there. Um, the first level is Dubai, where you're in the tallest building in the world. And like, you can imagine. I thought um, it was like a pair. Is that like a pair of buildings? Or is there like a building there's that's taller? The. Are you thinking about that scene from uh, Fast and the Furious 7 where they like drive in between them? Or have you seen any of those? They go to like this giant building in, in Dubai where there's two of them and they drive one car from one building to the other. So there must be a building that's taller than that pair of buildings. There's yeah. one on um, that was in the movie Mission Impossible and that's the tallest building. It's called the Burj Khalifa, I think. Okay. The name of it. Yeah, I don't but know. But this building in here is is like the fake version of that. So it's not supposed to be that actual sure, building but, but, but if you bird. yeah but if you know you'd be like oh you know this is still kind of that yeah and it's fun because you can you sneak around in the in the vents and there's parts where you like there's these big balconies where you're like oh i could throw somebody over there and he parachutes in at the beginning so you're scaling the side of the building and it's just they squeezed all the fun out of the tallest building in the world that they could and mm-hmm. let you sneak around in there how many Does everybody uh, forget how to, how to speak when they get to the top level. Does everybody forget how to speak when they get to the top level? Because like oh, the altitude. Because the, the elevation. <laughs> they all get altitude the, sickness. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I mean, mission accomplished it, right away. Everybody's dead I from meant, altitude sickness. I was talking about the Tower of Babel, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're going biblical over here. <laughs> Maybe was, that's why they all forgot how to speak, because of altitude sickness. We never thought about this. I thought it was... Uh, Biblical. It's biblical. How many? How many? Uh, how many floors do you get to access in this building? Like, is it? You say that the environments are great, but do you get? Does it feel like it's a real place? Like, do you get to go to? How many levels? Yeah, so, can you, how many levels can you go to? Like, floors. You're like a, you're like at the you're at the very top. I would say dozen floors. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to go all the way down to the bottom, visit yeah. every room, and all that stuff. But you start by walking out of the elevator, and there you are in the top dozen floors and that's where you are and you can look down there's a big pit where you can see all the way down in the center of the building so that's a great level um my favorite level though is the second one and the second one is you're in an old british mansion during a murder mystery <laughs> and the matriarch of the family is one of the founders of the evil corporation that created you and she has hired a private investigator to determine who killed her brother at the mansion that morning. Oh. So the family is like a classic collection of suspects out of an Agatha Christie novel. You start by, you start the level by disguising yourself as the investigator and you work for the matriarch to solve the mystery as you scheme to kill her. It's just brilliant. Oh, fun. It reminded me a lot of Dexter. If you watch the show Dexter, how he's on Dexter's, the police team. Dexter's laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> with, with That's a great show too. But no, <laughs> That's the one Dexter. I always. That's one I always think of when everybody says that. that yeah, Dexter. Great. He's yeah. like he's like he's a serial killer. Special, yeah. Right. He's a serial killer, but he's also like a blood. He's a blood spatter. Yeah. Or something. Okay. And the reason why he is is because of how much blood he's splattered himself. And there's like right. maybe and there's like maybe two good seasons, and the rest of them are crap. I've heard people talk yeah. about it. Four good seasons. 
it, then it takes a no di- nosedive. The fourth season is one of the best seasons of TV that I think I've ever seen. Is that the one and with then the, after that, it just goes off a cliff. Which season had John Lithgow in it? Number four. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like where yeah, it that was great for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it does remind me a lot of Dexter. That sort of play between trying to solve the mystery and being the guy who's trying to kill kill the head of the family. It's a well-plotted story too. So there's multiple endings. And one of them literally made my jaw drop. It was just like that nice. satisfying and unexpected. Unexpected. Yeah, it was so good. The mansion feels alive. So each character is, is going about their own business. Oh, cool! Like so it's like ma- yes, yeah, so it's like a Majora's Mask. Like they have a persistent yes. world. Yeah, they yes. have they have uh, things they do at different times, like that type of thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Or like so a ga- moon. Moon does that too. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Everybody has their own stories, and like so. There's parts where you'll see the mansion staff gossiping about the family behind their backs. There's secret rooms throughout, and there's like one part. One one time you're going down the hallway and you hear two people talking, and it's two of the staff that are like flirting with each other. So you'll hear the their whole story and their flirtation and everything. It just feel it makes it feel alive, like these are real people. Does it? I'm sure it doesn't repeat dialogue, but I mean, how much? Like, how much can you hear? Like, do they have, like, this conversation and they disappear and then you don't see them again? Or do they will you come back and hear more about their love affair? And <laughs> Like, how much? I don't know. You'll hear the conversation. Yeah. So I've sat and listened to the whole thing, and I think yeah. it was probably three or four minutes of conversation. Yeah. If you, like, walk in too close, then they they just go, like, oh, oh. And then they just try to, like, separate like they weren't talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to go over here. And, yeah, then they get all nervous and flustered and stuff. And it's that's, really that's funny, funny and really yeah. well, well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is among my favorite levels of any video game I've ever played. It's seriously yeah. just that satisfying. And I could see them developing that into a whole game. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen like a murder mystery classic Agatha Christie style uh, video game done as a whole game. And I'd love to see it. But um, they were like visual, I, they're like visual novel ones based on Agatha Christie stuff, but nothing like this from what I know. It's worth it just to play this this level. I would say that. And the whole game has this brilliant like clockwork level design that makes it feel like a puzzle game so targets will move about and they'll always seem to have other characters move into place so that they aren't alone seriously tracking some of these targets is just like it makes me wonder like i want to see the whole process of how they developed this because like it must be just this interchanging web of of like a cast of huge characters and i don't know how how they how they went about designing it, but it, it really makes me want to look into it. And like so each level will have on top of that will have various opportunities that branch off to activate new sequences. On the first playthrough, each level had me anxious to play it again and try each alternate path, right? It's just um well, I lost my place. Oh, I was so anxious to complete a proper playthrough so that I go back and cause as much chaos as possible too. Like I didn't mm-hmm. want to. You know, that's the temptation with these sandbox games. It the the paths and the story was were so good that it, it turned off that itch in my brain to want to like cause all the chaos because I wanted to actually oh, play really? the game properly. Yes. Oh sure. Because that uh, good. Because the only Hitman game I played all the way through was the one on three sixty, and I just I just want to sabotage it so early on. That, that's what, that's what I did too. We talked about it last week with Janet, but I played Hitman two on GameCube. And I, it would it would be like every this is the way I do like almost every stealth game. It's like okay, beginning of level, I'm gonna try to do it right. I'm gonna try to do it right, and then you fuck up, and you're just like ah, and then you just start killing everybody. Uh-huh. And that's what I did. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go back to the beginning of the level. So fuck all of you. And I'm just gonna go on a murderous rampage until the level's over. And then the next level, all right, I'm gonna try to be careful again. And 
then ah, uh, then I just go shoot everybody. It happened again. <laughs> yeah. Part I of the reason I think it, <laughs> part of the reason I think it all works so well is that um, they've somehow created some of the, the most realistic crowds I've ever seen in a video game. I say that like in terms of the scope and how people move about to like what they're doing individually. You'll hear random conversations that make the NPCs seem like real people, which I kind of talked about a few moments ago, but um, yeah. there's, there'll be like irrelevant stories per, about their personal lives. I heard one character confess to a friend that he's struggling with telling his father that he's gay. Oh, this is just some yeah. random NPC. Nice. There was a guy at a bar who got too drunk and he went outside for fresh air and he called somebody on his phone. Uh, I heard NPCs talking about the death of two people that I killed four missions prior. And that was just like a nice little like bridge to make it seem like, oh, this is all like, this is the real world that I'm playing around in. Mm -hmm. And what I do in previous levels affects the next level. Um, The animations for the people, you'll see like couples with their arms around each other's shoulders. You'll see servants bowing to greet you. And there was a guide at one point who raised his hand to guide me up the stairs as I passed by. Uh, there's just a variety of natural reactions to when the chaos erupts. So when you do finally decide to just mess around, you'll see people running in a natural way. And, you know, everybody goes this way, that way, different unique animations all playing out at the same time. And I'm talking about it on a scale of up to 200 people. Hmm. There's one point where you're in a rave, one level where you're in a rave. I guess I'm spoiling one of the levels. And you look out and there's 200 people in front of you. And you know, when you, you know, do whatever you're going to do, they all react in individual, unique, um, surprising ways. So it's not like canned animations. It just looks natural when you see all these people running around in some way that's hard to explain. Oh, the controls. So the controls, right? Um, the HUD situation, like, you know, I'll tell you on the on the screen, like, there's a, you know contextual buttons for everything. There's a button for, like, blending in. Like, say you have a drink at the party. You can grab your drink and just kind of sit there at the bar and pretend to be a normal person you can sit and read a newspaper there's all those contextual situations right but that that's complicated by like what um what uniform you have on so if i'm like dressed as dressed in a tuxedo or something and then i go to try to use the mop to to pretend to be a janitor like people will think that's weird that'll raise the suspicion yeah sure there's even like a suspicion notification in the corner like it'll let you it'll, it'll say okay you're you're being suspicious, you're being watched, you're being hunted. Mm-hmm. There's just a good, simple feedback system. And it's invisible at, at sometimes where where appropriate, where people just like tell you, like, hey, the guy's acting weird. Or at one point, I was I had I had accidentally um hit the button to to duck as I walked. And one character commented to me, You got problems with your back, me too, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. I noticed. I noticed on the what we played like through the demo mode or whatever that they did kind of say that where you get you get one outfit and it's like you know you can take this so far but you can't but you shouldn't take it like into the party or or whatever because they're going to notice that you don't belong there and I kind of understood that even from that like twenty thirty minutes that I was able to play it on the you know just to test it out that I'm like okay yeah no you, they're going to notice it. You don't belong here. Or like if you're right. wearing like the deck crew uniform, you can't go to the third level yeah. of the boat. That's like the VIP section. What, right. what 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 is the out of outfit that you have to use to go to the third floor level in that in that first I think you level? had to put a police outfit on, I thought. I mean John played through it, so you know. Do you remember? In which in the which very in the very first level of the game, when you uh can't go to the third floor, what do you have to put on to, to go to the third floor? 
Pretty sure you have to put oh, a cop uniform. Yeah, so there's like um yeah, these guards and stuff. You can go up to there's there's different ranks to the guards. There's the guards who wear the white clothes, mm-hmm. and then there's the guards who wear like the green uniforms, who are more like the generals. So I think to get up to the next floor, you just had to wear the white one. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah, and so that brings up the point of the suspicion markers. So, like, you have a sense in Hitman where if you hit the R trigger, you can kind of sense where everybody is in in the whole level, and you'll see like silhouettes of them all over the whole level. Um, and they'll have a little white dot on top of them if there's somebody who would be a threat to you. Yeah. And this is like in most cases, this would be like a manager. Say if you're pretending to be the the hotel staff or something. Well, the hotel man staff manager would know all his staff members, right? So mm. they tell you, hey, stay away from this guy. But you can walk around and you know see the other regular hotel staff who may not know who you are. It's all just very intuitive, very well laid out. Doesn't take a whole lot to really get into it and understand the rules of the game because it's all just it's just laid out so well um oh i want to talk about the tone of the game so it's like super it's serious right um you're going around this espionage and killing people and all this stuff and i think like you're killing people you're a hired man to kill people and i don't think the game would be playable for me personally morally if not for the fact that it uses comedy like pretty much all throughout and winks at the player so there's disguises that like barely disguise you. Somebody's talking to somebody that they, I guess, know pretty well. And like that person goes around the corner and then they come back and they're this bald man with a barcode on the back of his head. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, but because I'm wearing the clothes that the person was wearing, they just like, don't think anything of it. Yeah. And like, that's, that's intentional. You know what I mean? They could have done something to disguise me a little bit more better, but it's just like, it's, it's just a funny situation. It's a funny game. And that's part of what makes it playable to me, even though you're just going around like killing a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Hiding in boxes, hiding in funny places. You'll be like committing a murder and then you just hide in a closet and they don't, they don't think to look in the closet. It's just, it's funny. Yeah. They they don't say stuff like, Oh, he must not be in, he, he wouldn't be in the closet. Let's not go in there. Do they ever do anything like that where they walk past it and make a comment about how they're not going to go mean, in there? Just like how they know it's there, but they're like, nah, they never be in there. Well, I mean, the dude that. literally has like a giant barcode on his head. It's yeah. Like, well, this guy is just normal. He's he's scandal. Right. No needs to worry about him. Yeah. One thing I noticed too is like he doesn't. The character at forty seven doesn't look at the other people. The other people will look at you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're walking around as they're talking to you, they turn their heads and you know their their eyeline matches yours. But for whatever reason, and I think it's just for the comedy, they don't have him look at them. And so whatever angle you're at you're just straight laced you're totally like stiff as a board and then the the actor who delivers delivers every line with like that flat serious cadence no matter what he's saying and he could just be like talking about how to bake the muffins or whatever <laughs> if he's like a chef you know and so it's so just over the top funny and uh, I, I admire the game for that so is the muffin level fun then <laughs> There, there's there's a cooking mama part where you have to put on a chef hat and it becomes a mini it becomes a mini game all of a sudden you're just you're like, gonna putting a target's head into like the oven cutting cutting uh, carrots and stuff with the Frame touch with the touch screen it was it was really weird it took you out of the moment and, you know you pop the switch out to start cutting carrots on your screen and put it back <laughs> in and it goes to touch screen for no reason not available on the other systems of course only on switch but it's good there seems to be a lot of, a lot more to this game than I thought. Like, not to say I didn't think it was 
a deep game, but I thought it was an a remake of an old game. I didn't realize it was like a very modern. I, I figured I figured it was a new thing because I had heard talk of a, of like a Hitman game, like a newer one on PC that people were playing that had a lot of different cool options you could do. So I figured it had something to do with that. And also, as far as I could remember, I don't remember be- there being a third Hitman. So I thought it was a new thing. And I watched a vid- I watched a trailer of it before it came out, just to see if I would could find any sort of information about the Nintendo version and all that. And it just it looked it definitely looked like a brand new thing. Like it didn't say anything about like you know like a remake or a remaster or whatever. It was just like it could tell that they put a lot of effort into it and they were really pushing it as like this new experience and all that. So you could kind of tell that they were yeah. And they've really built this up as like a cohesive trilogy too. And you know, the story continues from one game to the other. And I know the previous the the initial games in the series were called, you know, Hitman One, then there was Hitman Two, I think it was Silent Assassin, and then I forget what the third Hitman was called, but it was not called Hitman Three. Con- the, well, there was, was Hitman, there were, Hitman Origins. Was there there was Contracts. There was Hitman Contracts. I remember that one, but hmm. I never played any of these. Like I said, the only one I played was two. What was the one on 360 that I played? But one of them was called there was Absolution. Yeah, Absolution. I think it was Absolution. Yeah, and then there was one like Blood, not Blood Money, but or was it Blood Money? I think it was Blood Money. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Hitman Blood Money. That makes that makes sense. Wasn't there like like a wasn't there a movie too? There was a movie, and I just watched a clip of it. Wasn't there like two of them today? or something, or was it just one? Like, wasn't there like a straight to video sequel, or, or was that Max Payne? I think there was a second one. I don't know. I didn't pay I attention. Don't I didn't pay I don't pay attention at all to those things, obviously. Especially a game that I only it. only played one of and didn't really care for. So Absolution's absolutely the the one I've played. So other than Hitman Go, that's the only other Hitman Hitman game I've played is Absolution. Well, I know Trey expressed some concerns about the replay value and I think I can put that to bed. So uh there's two targets mm-hmm. per level. There's multiple solutions for killing each target. There's three side stories for each mission, and they get pretty elaborate and can take an hour or so each. There's challenges, which are like achievements. So there's about 50 to 60 unique achievements per level. There's a scoring system that'll post post your scores online so you can compete against other people if you want. Escalations is another thing. There's so so once you beat the level in story mode, you can return for these additional missions. And one had me return to the mansion. And I had to start with no weapons and kill two targets without wearing a disguise. Oh, okay. There's an XP system. It unlocks new weapons, disguises, smuggled items, and starting points. This is something I didn't know until I bought the game and played it. There's a mode called Contracts where you can create new missions. Oh, wow. So you, there's, you create the mission, yeah. You create your own levels, and, pretty much. Like Mario mm-hmm. Maker. Mario Maker uh, Hitman. Right. I mean, you're using the stock levels that they created for you, mm-hmm. but but you create the mission within that level and upload them for other people to play and you can play other people's missions. So you can say, you can take any NBC and put a mark on them. You have to take out this person. You have to do it with a knife or a sword or a banana or whatever it is. You have to be wearing this outfit. Yeah. Okay. There's an adjustable difficulty. And then there's always the novelty and comedy of just going in and messing up. Does that work like Mario Maker, where you have to complete it? You got to beat it on your own before you put it on the. Yeah, I haven't tried creating one yet, so I don't know. It would make sense though. So there's a lot of replay replayability in there. Are you still planning on? I mean, are you still playing it as often as you were? 
Oh yeah, yep. Like it's not yeah, like gonna... you're you're not gonna you're not just gonna be like all right, because I, I, I did see I was just poking around with some of the reviews of it and I saw some people being upset that it was over so quickly. I know some people said that they beat it in less than ten hours and they were mad because they'd been waiting for it for however long and they were disappointed. But yeah, I don't you know, know what online about. online reviews. You know, it was probably just some kid that was mad that that was all they were gonna get. But it sounds like there's a lot of other stuff to do. But isn't there also other games accessible within the game? which I'm really yes. interested in that. Yeah, I didn't know about this at all, too. So it's not advertised, and I talked about it a bit last week. But just to confirm, so you can buy Hitman 1 and 2 through this game. That's I don't know so why weird. they're not advertising that. And there yeah. are, and, and by the way, there I was just looking at it while you are talking, but there are two different Hitmans 2, or Hitmen 2, whatever. There's Hitman Silent Assassin, the GameCube one, which I played. Then there's mm-hmm. also Me a too. different Hitman 2 that came out later in like 2000-whatever. Because no, I didn't know. Yeah, because I I was just looking at them on, I was just looking on IMDb because there are also two Hitman movies. I was right. There's a 2007 one with Til- with Timothy Oliphant, which that could be interesting. I mean, he was on Mandalorian and uh, Deadwood or whatever. He's pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> and also there's another one in 2015. So there were two different Hitman movies, and there's actually supposed to be a sequel to the second Hitman movie coming out in 2021 called The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Right, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Yeah, it's the sequel to Hitman Hitman's Agent Forty Seven. So, but but according to according to IMDb, there's um, Hitman Two. There was a Hitman Two that came out in 2018. There was Hitman One in 2016, and Hitman Two in 2018. And Hitman Absolution came out in 2012, and then this one in 2021. So this is a completely new trilogy of Hitmen. So if you get those ones, you're obviously not getting the PlayStation Two GameCube Silent Assassins game. Mm. You know, you're right, getting a right. brand new one. Yeah, you can buy these. Uh, Hitman One Game of the Year Edition is twenty nine ninety nine. Then Hitman Two is thirty nine ninety nine. And I intend to get those at some point. Not right now because I'm still enjoying this one. But at some point, I will spend the seventy dollars and get the other two. Yeah, you seem it, so, you seem so into the game and in the way the game works that I figured that you would go for those other two. Yeah, maybe I would be surprised if you went through for him right this second, but you never know. I mean, you seem really, really hot on the game, so you can never tell. Sometimes you just jump really into it fully, so you know. Right. Yeah, I enjoy it, and I, I, I'll end by saying, like, if you have any other way to play it, there's no reason necessarily to get it on the Switch, so if you guys were thinking about it, I would I would suggest getting it on the PS4, Yeah. just because mm-hmm. you can play it without the cloud version, and, you know, there's no bonus that you're missing out on, so yeah, for for me, I would probably just wait because you know a lot of PlayStation games go cheap really quickly. I would wait till it's like twenty dollars because stuff seems to it'll probably drop in the next like four or five months. I'm sure, right? Because I don't. Or mind. if you were intrigued, yeah. you could be, always get the one and two, which must be cheap by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still have a lot of stuff on PlayStation Four to to beat that I haven't because <laughs> I don't play it. I don't play it that much as much as the other systems. I, I go back and forth. It depends on how what mood I'm in, but. But yeah, no, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun with it, so that's good. And yeah, for anybody who, and there are people out there, you know, you, you're there, John, for people who only have a Nintendo system, you know, and want something that's more of a, I don't know, it's, it's, more, it's more of a third party, you know, next generation game, you have this, have this option on there, which is weird that they put it on there, but it seems like it runs decent enough. And what I've seen on, from other reviews, they say it's, it's pretty good, you know, work, it works well enough. For you know, for anybody who's playing it, like it's it's not unplayable or anything, you know. Right. I'm happy that you like it, John, because you were really looking forward to it, and I'm glad yeah. you didn't get disappointed by it. Like that, it's 
met your expectations at least. Like, yeah. And I got it with the gift money that you gave me. So thank nice. you. Yes. And you, and I remember you said there was a little bit of confusion about the bonuses, right? Cause uh, that, that was kind of a oh. little bit of a thing where people were talking about it, you know, like it was not like cyberpunk level or anything like that, but there was some confusion about the extra stuff. Right. Cause some people were getting mad oh, yeah. that there was, yeah, no, I didn't yeah. get it right away. So yeah. um, there were the soundtracks and then there was the digital art book, which you had to sign up for the IOI account. Mm. Um, and register the game, then you were supposed to be able to download it right away. I didn't get to download it until today, so it was delayed about a week yeah. for whatever reason. Some people weren't getting it on consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was one of them. Yeah, so, I remember some people were upset about that. Yeah, or upset that they didn't get all the extra stuff that they expected to have with the deluxe version. So I could understand that being a thing, you know, because it's when you pay for it, you're like, well, I should have it now. Like it shouldn't be right. Shouldn't be something you get later. It's not like a season's pass. It's a it's a deluxe version, you know. So, and I only paid for the deluxe version because I wanted to get the the six ex, extra escalations, and I got those. Mm. So I was not mad for sure. Nice. Well, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it, and hopefully, yeah, you, it sounds like you still want to get into all those other other versions of the missions, you know, where you can do like you know make make it like a hard mode kind of, you know, or like variations right. to it. And yeah, it seems like there's a lot to do there still. So. There's a ton of alternate angles and mm-hmm. surprises in there. And yeah, I think it's it's worth me checking it out and playing everything that I can of this game. For sure, yeah. Well, we're, we're pretty much at a whole episode here. Um, <laughs> I don't think we need to get into the news that much. But if you guys promise to be very pre- brief about it, do you want to talk about the GameStop thing? I just try not to talk about it for any longer than like 10 minutes. But I'll I don't try know. to keep it short. Do you guys understand? Do you guys understand what happened? Like I've heard a bunch <laughs> nope. of different explanations of it. This is what I've gathered from uh, actually friend of the show, ex- uh, old uh, guest Billy Dean, kind of spelled it out on on Facebook. Also, I talked to Jess about it, and uh, Trevor Noah on the Daily Show talked about it as well. From what I understand, is a bunch of like muckety mucks, whatever rich guys were. They decided that they were gonna that they're gonna place bets on GameStop because GameStop wasn't going well. And they were betting across each other that it would fail. And some guys on Reddit heard about it. So they bought a bunch of shares to blow it up to make it so the people that were betting lost money. And to get rid of hedge yeah. of like hedge uh, companies is basically what I understand from it. Is yep. that different from what you understand? And I guess they did the same. They did like the whole like, uh, sh- I don't know, short sales, I guess, where you buy it and return it. Did you guys ever see the end of Trading Space or Trading Places? Do you remember that movie? Long the, time ago, I don't remember the end. I know the movie, but I don't remember the end of it. This is basically what happens at the end of Trading Places, and I can never really understand it because I don't understand stocks. But they do a similar thing where they blow up one thing and then they resell it, and they end up screwing everybody in Wall Street over it. And I never understood the end of that, but that's basically what this is from my my understanding. So, and there's the movie Trading, The Big Short too. Yeah, yep, well, Trading Places was great. I mean, it's, it's a good movie. Uh, from Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Eddie Murphy. It's it's great. It's a great movie. But uh, yeah, this, this has an end part that's really this really reminds me of it. Like this this uh thing reminds me of what I remember from the end of Trading Places. We actually wanted to try to watch it again and try to figure out that ending because I remember watching it with my mom and she was like, "Oh, that's so smart." And I'm like, "I don't understand what they're doing." And I don't think you do either. I think you're just saying that. But it's a, it's one of the, it, but yeah, it's like this whole you know it was like an orange juice stock or something like that, but. And apparently, like, these same Reddit people and their Reddit group got shut down or something, like, but they're, like, buying up, like, AMC and, like, all these other companies oh, yeah, that are I going under. AMC was also blowing up. It's ridiculous, yeah. 
they can do it, they should. Yeah. You know, can they, it's not illegal what they're doing. Can they blow up like the Buying the, stock. Can they blow up like the live theater stock or something like that? Like that's what we really need. They're the ones that are <laughs> that are dying right here in this in this time is uh you know, anybody who worked at a theater, performers and all that. Yeah, I mean like, people are spending legit money to to troll these hedge fund people yeah. like I like that. That's cool. No, yep. I kind I kind of love it at the same time that we're in this you know, it's this different world where you can actually like find somebody online to be like, "Hey, you know, especially in like a Reddit group where it's like, "Hey, let's go get this guy." Like it's I don't know. It's you can really do stuff if you put your mind to it, you know. It makes me think I was like, "Why I'm like, why why am I not like a why don't I find a group on Reddit to help get more listeners to Nintendo Main or something?" Blow up the I mean, Nintendo, we do, we blow do up the Nintendo main page. stocks. We do have, we, have our, we have our own Reddit page, yeah. Well, I mean, I do, you know, I do my best, of course, to talk to people online, but it's like, wow, these guys are doing it way better. <laughs> They're just getting people out or there. Rather, yeah, we have our own Reddit. That's what yeah, it's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long since I've been there. Yeah, I, I don't really. I signed up for Reddit, like, for some sort of podcast group just to put our show in there. So I get random emails from Reddit about Nintendo-based stuff, and I look at it sometimes. And I actually find myself in Reddit a lot when I'm trying to look at uh, stuff for game strategies and stuff. I actually found myself in Reddit a bunch of times for looking up specific things for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but I don't really like post in there unless I, unless there's something I can't figure out. Like the Dragon Quest 2 when I lost that prince and I couldn't find him, I posted it in there. But somebody responded to me really quickly, so people who are in there seem to be on it. But yeah, I don't think they're actually getting anything from it, but yeah, the stock is, I don't know. Makes you wish you would have, I don't know, it makes you wish you would have like uh, invested in it or something. Like you really have enough money to invest in it to actually make it worth something. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's the news for this week. We're, we're about, we're at level at the uh, level for me to edit that I, that I want to be at here. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been there, but yeah, this has been our episode 255. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And speaking of stocks and stuff, if you want to invest in the stock of Nintendo Main, you should go to Patreon.com and give us some money so uh, you can hear. I mean, think of it Think of it more as uh, supporting the show. You know, drop a dollar. You'll get to hear some extra episodes. We have 29 extra bonus episodes that are on there. There'll be a 31, 30th one up soon, probably within the next week. So there'll be a lot of extra stuff. And you'll get the you get like the episode ahead of time with a higher bit rate and all that stuff. And... It's pretty cool. So patreon.com slash Nintendo main podcast and check out both of our shows. Now, now that we both have two spinoff shows, check out how is it now and dinosaur dinosaurs, right? Plural dinosaurs. Check out how is it now and dinosaurs AD, which we both have spinoff shows. Now John needs a spinoff show and then we'll have, we could all make the network bigger or something, but yeah, it's, I'll get uh, back in. yeah, but uh, the dinosaur one will be on will be on this feed, and then they'll have once you get your RSS, you'll tell everybody about it here. But in the meantime, you can find it online on YouTube, and of course, you know how is it now? Which Jess and I do. We talk about older award winning movies and how they are now. We just did No Country for Old Men, so that was fun. So check that out. That Ooh, just posted that on Tuesday. So yeah, and uh, also you know we got a YouTube YouTube dot com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Uh, there's fun videos in there of me doing wrestling stuff. And if you, I, I realize that if you put all of my best of videos together, you have over an hour's worth of best of videos. So I made a little playlist for myself that just has the the top 10 games from 20, from like 20, was it 2017 to 2020? Yeah. There's like four of them. And if you put them all together, it's over an hour. So it's almost like a movie of me talking about games in video format. You could do that on YouTube. And of course we have all sorts of, 
you know, videos of us on there. And twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast, that's where I mostly play Wrestling Empire on there. And and the Bernie meme occasionally shows up there. You can <laughs> check that out. Also, Jeremy and I are, are on Twitter at jmaxstack and at Nintendo underscore domain. Check that out. Also, we have a subreddit. <laughs> r backslash Nintendo Main. We do have a subreddit, so yes. Check it out. It's a little... uh snapshot of about two and a half years ago if you want to if you want to check it out we haven't updated it in a while but <laughs> hey we're on reddit we could do the stock market <laughs> yeah but yeah we've been your host i'm trey johnson i'm jerry Mikowski. i'm drop my phone let me, <laughs> let me let me turn around and get it oh <laughs> <laughs> this is this is for those five dollar people get <laughs> got it <laughs> i'm agent 47 <laughs> Did you, we'll just end with that you won't say your real name all right cool thanks everybody <laughs> thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next time see ya And Balan Wonderland. Wonder World. I keep wanting to call it Wonderland. But it's Wonder World. It's bigger. It's bigger.